Good morning and wake up Springfield. This is not with Alex Bryant, but State Representative Bishop Davidson. Happy to be back. Happy to be here. There is one key difference in this show from all other shows I've ever hosted, and that is that that entrance is the last entrance that Cass Anderson will hear from within this studio. Actually, you'll probably be on the studio at some point in time. Yes. But from the producer's chair. Yes. And she's already been replaced, apparently, (laughs) even before her last day on that intro. How about that? Yes. I, you know, did you replace yourself accidentally? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, I didn't think it through a couple of days ago. I was like, I'm going to get ahead of the game, and I'm just going to prepare yeah, everything got, for them, so they don't yeah. have to do it after I'm gone. And then I realized, wait a second, I deleted my name already. <laughs> so, if you're listening with us now, this is your chance to say goodbye to Cass. Please give us a call at four one seven eight six six zero nine three three, and we'll be pushing that the entire show. Of course, we're going to use her departure to get as many listeners as possible. Woot woot. At the very end of the show, uh, I have it scheduled here in my little text. It's, I'm very sophisticated with how I plan these shows, by the way. <laughs> We've got all sorts of guests, every slot filled beginning at 6.15. Uh, so you only have to listen to me alone for three segments. And then the last segment is titled uh, Cass's Cry. So... <laughs> Cass's so, cry. Cass's cry. He's allowed to make me cry. <laughs> ah, well, that ought to be easy. And so, yeah, I feel like it, it ought to be easy too. But if you'd like to be here for that, you've got to listen to the very end of the show as well. Oh my goodness, goodness gracious! It's been a while since I've done the five thirty slot. How are you all today? Good. Aww, I'm good. Yeah, bittersweet. You've had a smile on your face all morning, though. Oh, well, yes, the smile is because yeah, I good. know that I don't have to set my alarm <laughs> at 3.30 in the morning That's a good, for a long a time. Yeah, I'd be happy about <laughs> that. You'll, you'll just be woken up by at 3.30 in the morning by a, by a child, by a crying child. That's true. No alarms. That's um, that's unfortunately true. Way to rain on my parade no, there, Bishop. On, no, no, no. Right? I'd rather be woken up by a, a child's cry than a, an alarm any day of the week. I t- today it was like I was in a very very deep sleep, you know when you're you're like yeah. at the very I don't know are you at the top or you're at the bottom of your REM cycle it doesn't matter like I was dead center in it just like boom hit me like a like a train I hear the train tooting in the background I hear it yes so so who do you have for us today um well at six fifteen I actually have um Robin Davidson my dad. He had an interesting story at dinner the other night from his classroom. I was like, you should come on the radio and tell that story. And so uh, I'm not going to tell you what it is. That would spoil it. Then we've got weather. Then we've got Tim Jones, who I believe was your first ever host. Yes, Tim and I worked together for three years. Speaker Jones. Um, and then uh, at 7, we've got, um, oh, from the, they're going on the jock, I think next. I think we're 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 borrowing. Guests. We have uh, we have Eddie Kingston, uh, who is a true rags to riches tale, and uh, this guy is a uh, professional wrestler. Uh, All Elite Wrestling is uh, in Springfield this weekend, and we're going to hear from Eddie. So he'll be in at uh, six fifty this morning. At six fifty, I think o- so. O- okay, um, and then we have uh, we have Eric Burleson at seven fifteen. Jay Ashcroft at 7.30, Adam Schwadron at 7.45, State Rep, uh, Senatorial Candidate Brad Hudson at 8, Landon McCarter uh, for School Board at 8.15, Melanie Stinnett at 8.30, 
and then that that wraps up the show. It makes it seem to go by quick if I if I list it all off like that. But so when you have Adam Schwadron on, I have got to ask him what inspired his very unique campaign flyer where he took Denny Hoskins' face and put it in like Chinese form. I don't. Uh, that was the weirdest thing I've ever I, seen. I don't think you. Did he put it in Chinese form? You yeah. Know, I only saw a picture of this flyer. I did hear about it. And I was going to talk with him more about IP reform, but I suppose what you're saying is kind of interesting, too. So. It sounds more interesting uh, than yeah. IP reform, yeah, to be honest yeah, with yeah. you. So, I know. I so know. I saw this at Lincoln Day. So Adam Schwadron, if you guys don't know, he's running for Secretary of State, as is Shane Scholler, as is Denny Hoskins, as is others. So he had this campaign flyer trying to hit Denny Hoskins. And he puts Denny Hoskins' face on the front, and you know how like Chinese well, men? Have- no, it wasn't a Chinese. It was they took the body of of of, of Xi Ping, yeah, Xi Jinping, yeah, and put Denny Hoskins' face on it. Yeah. So he like made Denny Hoskins into a Chinese man for a campaign flyer, and I was like, <laughs> "What?" I think, are- I think the bigger thing is that he made Denny Hoskins into the Xi Jinping, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah the dictator still- of the. Chinese uh, nation. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, this is weird. Oh, <laughs> well, it's got you talking, so I guess it's done its job. It has done its job. But yeah. I, I, I do no, want to ask him what inspired. And, this. And, you, and you certainly can ask him here <laughs> shortly. So, um, awesome. Well, yeah, so that's, uh, that's the show. We've got a pretty good lineup. Looking forward to it. And then, uh, and then I'm going to be hosting the next show, uh, not the next next show, but another show later today at from four to six p.m. So you cannot escape me. That would be the listeners. Elijah Har show. The Elijah Har show. Unfortunately, you cannot escape me. You, you Springfield listeners, driving into work and back to work, you'll hear uh, my uh, my sweet uh, my sweet voice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're gonna have fun i'm actually very honored i took on this show and then later learned that this would be your last day yeah and uh and so it was it was kind of a neat moment where are you off to next after this i am going to work in the pro-life movement which i think everybody knows is something i'm extremely passionate about and i will talk about this throughout the morning and especially the last segment of kind of what led to that decision had a lot to do with you know having a baby but um I have the opportunity, thank you. I have the opportunity to work for the Vitae Foundation, which does, um, just incredible work, research projects, marketing strategies for the pro-life movement as a whole, but specifically pregnancy resource centers that, um, you know, they, they have a real messaging problem right now. And so they take, um, research studies about what influences and affects women who are in crisis and what kind of like leads them to make the decisions that they make. And then they use that to implement marketing strategies within different aspects of the pro-life movement. They work um, some with legislators as well who are crafting pro-life legislation on, um, you know, implementing those research studies into that. Um, so I am going to get to be um, in Jeff city a lot, actually Bishop. So I will be there, you go. Up there as well. I'm excited about it. Um, and it's something that I just feel really called to. That's good. That's great. We'll be excited to have you in Jeff City, where we do not wake up at 5.30 in the morning or 3.30. Unless you're in the Senate, sometimes you, <laughs> sometimes you just don't go to bed. Never right? go to bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't go to bed. 
Uh, that's right. But once you do that, you do take a, take quite a bit of time off. You just don't hang out in the Senate after the end of a filibuster. It did. It went like 20 hours this last uh, this last week. They uh, they did it over initiative petition reform. I think they started at 4 p.m. and then ended around 12.30, 1 p.m. the next day. So it's kind of an interesting story, actually. Uh, it, and we can dive into that in some later segments. But there are some who are pleased and happy and others who are very dissatisfied with what went on, and uh, and so it looks like the House is going to probably be making some changes to that initiative petition bill, which of course means it has to go back to the Senate, which kind of strange. You know, what was the point of breaking the filibuster if you were just going to have to filibuster again? I'm not sure. Of course, I'm not a senator. Maybe there's another strategy involved. Uh, maybe they felt the Democrats were resolved enough that... Uh, that they weren't going to be able to get past without a PQ, and there's a lot of reticence to use that previous question motion. Again, we can talk about that next segment, though. Guys, you are listening to KWTO, Wake Up Springfield with Alex Bryant. This is Bishop Davidson filling in for Alex, and this is Cass Anderson's last show. Please give us a call this next segment at 41786. You know, well, I'm a chicken fried, a cold beer on a Friday night, a pair of jeans that fit just right. And the radio There you go. It's perfect. Peppy. Major key. Love it. Yes. A little nostalgic. Welcome back to Wake Up Springfield with Alex Bryant. This is Bishop Davidson filling in with Cass Anderson on her last day. And I believe we also have a caller. We this do. early, early time of 545, 549, I suppose. Yes. Emmett, are you there online with us? Yes, I am. Hey, Emmett, how are you and, doing? Uh, real good, uh, Bishop and uh, uh, Cass. I I have you know visited with you many times, and I'm happy to hear that uh, you have found a path to take care of your daughter better. Because that happened to my wife and I in 1983, and uh, she left her job to take care of our little one. And uh, uh, it worked out, uh, different circumstances than yours, but of course, uh, hindsight, and uh, it's, it's great to hear you are. I would like to add one thing. I do have a uh, preemie great-niece that's still in NICU, and if anybody would feel like praying for her, I would appreciate it. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, Emmett. Thank you for your kind words. It's been really great. To have you as a regular caller since the very first day I started here, and we will definitely keep your um your your great was it your great niece? Yes. Um, we will keep her in our prayers for sure. Okay, she's she's progressing well. I mean, you know, there's yeah. rough spots, but yeah, uh, she's progressing well, and uh, everything's looking good these days. Well, that's good to hear. We will keep her in. Our prayers, and thank you so much for calling in, Emmett, this morning. Thank you, Emmett. All right, bye-bye. Really appreciate it. That's sweet. Yeah. You said he called on your first day? He's been a caller since my first day. Oh, wow. Yes. We have several regulars. We have Emmett, uh, Dennis, Sharon. Um, Yeah, we have like four or five different people who have been callers since my first day. Yeah, yeah. That's sweet. 
Yeah. You know, we could we could use this to break the record. I don't know what the record is. What our personal like eleven, me, like me and Alex and you and Alex still hold the record. Oh, nice! Because the one nice. time you tried to break it on your own, you cheated. Did I? Yes, I I, I think that you like had you counted the guests or something. Oh, yeah, no, that obviously doesn't <laughs> that doesn't count. Fake news. So, <laughs> No, guys, uh, if you didn't hear, it's Cass Anderson's last day today. And so it will be a bit of a sentimental show, although we've got a, a great show lined up nonetheless. Um, our first segment is uh, is actually my dad coming on. Yeah. I, I love when my dad comes on. Did you know I had my brother on? This was a different, uh, this was Elijah Har show a few weeks ago. I had my brother on. I did not know that. Yeah. I think your dad is a sweet man. I did embarrass myself in front of your mom, though, What'd at Lincoln Days. Because I, so I was walking down the hall and she stops me. She's like, how are you? And I knew I recognized her, Mm. but I was really frazzled that day. And so I didn't know. Yeah. (laughs) 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 I was very frazzled that day. Okay. And I did not realize where I knew her from. And now I'm very embarrassed that I did not place her as your mom. So she had to tell me that she was your mom. And I was like, oh, yes. Yes, I know you now, and so I feel terrible. So, Mrs. Davidson, I do know you. I I promise, and I am sorry. <laughs> she feels she feels seen and heard and known. I I don't I don't think she's very worried about it. Don't worry. That's good. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like although mom doesn't, it's always dad who calls us a thousand other names and mistakes us for you know other siblings, and so you know the whole like stop when you like read Lincoln Bishop. You know, like, some of you guys do look similar. Some like, of us do look similar, yeah. Th- you have two brothers, don't you? I have uh, five brothers. He, two of them <laughs> look very similar. Yeah. You look different than the rest of them. Yeah, I mean, it, so Stone and Eli and I all have dark eyes and dark hair. And Whichever then, one's the pastor, he looks like one of the others, and I can't remember. Okay, Stone, yeah. Yeah. Stone's the pastor. Eli is the firefighter slash marine. Right. The rest of them are, are youngins. Yeah. So, yeah. but, well, that is a funny story. I'm going to have to mention it to my mom at some point in time. But my dad's going to come on. He's got a, a really, I, I think you'll find it a very interesting story from the classroom. Uh, like we had said in the last segment, after that, we've got weather. We've got Tim Jones, which I'm very excited about. Tell us about your first day, Cass. My first day. Oh, my goodness. Because you had never done radio before, right? Yeah, I had four years. I had done radio throughout my entire college experience, but it was music radio. Music radio. Yeah, so I did Christian music radio in college. Okay, okay. And I thought I wanted to do music radio, and it was 2020, and I was graduating from college, so I took whatever radio job I could get, mm-hmm. which was conservative talk radio, and I was not enthused. So I just was like, whatever, I can do this, and I started training Days before I had graduated. So I was still doing final exams at C of O. Yeah. And driving up here in the morning, doing the show, driving back to campus. And I had another job. So it was crazy. And I remember my first week here, I was in tears because I was like, man, all these politician types, they're so mean. They're so arrogant. And I was just this like timid, fresh college grad who didn't know anything but I was determined not to fail at my first job out of college. And so I decided to embrace it. Okay. And I 
I'm the type that I would never take a class before 10 a.m. in college because I was not a morning person, yet I found myself <laughs> accepting a job where I would have to be here at 5 every day. Okay. So that was also a mistake. I thought at the time, I was like, what have I gotten myself into? This is horrible. I hate everything about this. It's talk radio. It's not even music. It's politicians. Nah, Yuck. The worst. The worst. <laughs> I'm having to get up early the worst but i embraced it and it became something that i have deeply enjoyed and appreciated okay well that that's a good story i didn't know that so what would you have done if, if it were music like what what's what was at that time when you're like oh yeah this is the ideal first job what would it have been in well, your head as a as a young uh, senior in college I want to preface this with I know now that this was God's plan for me the entire time. Of course. And he has opened so many doors and shown me that this is exactly where I need to be. And he just, he equipped me when I was not equipped to do this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he equips the called. He doesn't call the equipped. So I have really found myself surrounded by good people who have taught me so much and equipped me to do this job well. But... I originally wanted to do like pop or country radio. Pop or country. Okay. I'm not funny enough for that though. Not like not like uh not like jazz or classical. I would have done Christian music. Christian I, I I just wanted to like I just wanted to be a disc jockey. I don't know why. Okay. No, no, that's yeah. that's suitable. So, well, that was severely under This is this my... is interesting. We'll and we'll dive a little bit more cuz I I still want to hear about your first day. I want to hear about your highs and lows over the last How many years now? Uh, three and a half. Okay. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield. We'll be right back for Cass Anderson. One. Well, a warning from Missouri's Attorney General Andrew Bailey. Bailey says in an effort to protect consumers during tax season, he's warning Missourians to be aware of scammers and to try to take some steps to protect yourself from anyone who is attempting to get your personal information. Bailey says this is about protecting Missourians from potential scams during tax season, which is when scammers often take advantage of consumers and put their identities at risk. He says his office works tirelessly to go after those who take advantage of consumers and wants all people in the state to know that they're a resource if they need assistance. Now, when it comes to personal information, Bailey is warning you to be vigilant in protecting your personal information, especially your social security number. A couple of tips for you. Be suspicious of any unexpected communication, supposedly from the IRS at the start of tax season. Don't fall for phone and phishing email scams, supposedly from the IRS. Scammers often pose as the IRS using a fake scheme or warnings to pay past due taxes. The IRS does not initiate contact with taxpayers by email or phone calls to request their personal or financial information. Also, the IRS does not ask for passwords, pins, or confidential information for credit card, bank, or other accounts. Well, I'm just going to throw this out there as you consider whether or not to consider Nikki Haley as your presidential primary pick. Uh, there are over 5,200 large dollar donors that are donating to her campaign that were also former large dollar donors to Joe Biden's 2020 presidential campaign. So I don't know if there's just been a massive shift in attitude or if there's something more to consider there. Three. For the first time in more than half a century, the U.S. is returned to the moon. 
uh, late last night. A, a lunar module landed down and actually was a commercial company, an American company, uh, was contracted by NASA. So it's a first in many ways. It's the first time in over 50 years, as well as the first time that a commercial uh, company has landed on the moon as well. And uh, I think that pretty interesting, especially ahead of the scheduled first human flight or the first human flight back in a very long time, scheduled in 2026. Away! Don't ever do that again. Sorry. I feel like uh, the the top three it, it has gotten extended since I uh, I first was here. It has. Um, it used. Well, I take that back. Back when Tim used to do it, Tim would have long top threes, and I would run out of music. Oh my gosh! I would. Yes, that's funny. And I have like five minutes of music here. Oh my goodness! And then it was condensed. Mm. And it was supposed to be a minute per top three. A minute. See, I've never heard this. This is news to me. Yes. I, I always thought it was like a, like, like 15 seconds. It should be under a minute. Under a minute. Ideally around 30 seconds. Like top three headlines. Well, this is good for me to know. And then it got extended again. So I don't know. It's just, it's there. It's there. And it's, you know. The music's peppy. It drives. Thank you. That yeah. was a cast bone creation. Oh, was it? It was. Well, there you go. I didn't know that. My idea, my creation, my production. Your baby. Yes. It better stay. Your legacy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had. To, I took off all of the promotions that had my name on it yesterday, and it was just sad. I was like, oh. Your legacy's a racing cast. There you go. Boom. But you'll still have that music. I, yes, and <laughs> I. I believe it's here to stay. Yeah. Well, there so. you go. Good Guys. morning. We have a special guest in the studio. Yeah, it's my... Oh, did you... <laughs> you keep taking me off the air like Sorry. that. <laughs> this, she's only been at it for three and a half years. And it's a life day, so why learn now? <laughs> my dad just walked into the studio for our next segment. And so Cass was saying good morning, Tim. Guys, welcome back to Wake Up Springfield with Alex Bryant. This is Bishop Davidson filling in for Alex. Uh, thank you so much for listening. It's also Cass Anderson's last day, so we've been having some fun reminiscing, a little nostalgia, little new uh, factoids like uh, like making the music or producing music for the I was the, the, the first person to book you as a guest host. There you go. Wow. I'm your legacy then. Yes. So you better <laughs> stay around for a while and remind everybody all the we're, time. We're talking about her legacy, uh, and I don't think we've talked yet, but now maybe we're getting into the waters of, of the bad things that you're leaving behind. <laughs> you better remind people all the time that you would be nowhere without Cass Boney. I, I would be nowhere. I'd be nowhere at all. Genius idea to throw you on the radio. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. I would probably be getting better sleep. That's true. I have a couple times over the years Where had to wake you up after the show started already. No. There was one singular time. I believe that it was more than one. It wasn't waking me up after the show started either. I just was late. That was one singular time. Wait a minute. She had to wake you up during Wake Up Springfield? No, no, oh, she didn't wake me up. <laughs> she is being hyperbolic, is, I, I believe, the literary tool being used right now. So, Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> I think I was, I was definitely late once. Although I'm not even sure how late I... Because those first few minutes, we do, I do news, the news. Yeah. And I think maybe I missed that first, like the, the remaining minutes, and then we went into yes. the national anthem early. And then, I was, and then I was there. 
Listeners had no idea. You guys had no idea. <laughs> For years, you've thought, Bishop is such a prompt, punctual person. <laughs> and now here I am being outed on live radio. <laughs> what do about, I have to lose? <laughs> what does she have to lose? Yeah, you, She's uh, headed out now. Give us all the dirt. All the dirt's coming these next. I could spill a lot of tea. next 11 segments. Yeah, I, I could really. A lot of tea. Could ruin some lives. A lot of tea. <laughs> tea. Tea means gossip, guys. By the way, in Gen Z speak, you, you little Gen Zer. Oh I'm man, like two years younger than you. You might be Gen Z. No, I don't think I am. We'll get back to that in the next segment. <laughs> My dad, Robin Davidson, uh, coming to talk with us about a interesting. Good morning and wake up, Springfield. Um, you are listening not to Alex Bryant, but State Representative Bishop Davidson filling in. 93.3560 AM radio, and it is Cass Anderson's last day as well. We do have our first guest of the show, and after this, we've got every segment with some sort of guest somewhere along the line. And I'd certainly appreciate my dad, Robin Davidson, coming in to chat with us before he goes off to school. Um, dad, how are you doing? Doing great. Robin, Good to be how here. are you doing? That's kind of weird, <laughs> weird to say. You know, I was uh, I was in your classroom when I was in fifth grade, and at first you were like, "Call me Mister D." Do you remember this? Yeah, then, like all the other yeah. kids, and I think it was like a day into it or something, or two yeah, days. That's not gonna work. Yeah, go good. ahead and just call me Dad. So, but before you go off to class, you decide to hop on the radio with us. We were having dinner, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, and you mentioned a story, and I knew I had to be up uh, on the the show a, a few weeks out, and was like, "Hey, you should come tell that story on the radio." So thanks for being here. Yeah, glad to be here. It's a it's it's a it's a good time. I did. I want to say first, Cass, congratulations on a good run here. And thank uh, you. Is it Vitae Vitae Foundation? Vitae Foundation. Yeah. yeah, congratulations on that. Thank that's a, you. That's an awesome, and, uh, and we'll be praying for you and be hoping the best for you. So. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I had an interesting uh, uh, story occur, and it and it's just academically interesting. It's something that I. That, you know, I brought up to you to discuss over the over the table um, because I found it fascinating, and I and I think it's a kind of that a result of of our culturally moving toward that uh, equity kind of a society that that idea, and uh, and I thought there was a tie in with that, so I brought that story up with you, and that's where you became interested. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I'm in class and I'm teaching poetry. Okay, and I have just ta- taught the the basic general traits of poetry. And now I'm moving into specific types of poetry. And I said to them, now, when we deal with these specific types of poetry, you may see that they don't share 100% of the traits or it's nuanced. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not exactly the same. And then just off the top of my head and not trying to be you know, controversial or anything, I said, for instance, you know how men or g- grown men are generally taller than grown women. And I said it just like that. And I got this response from my class, like, no, 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 that's not so, that's not true. And I said, wait a minute, you do not believe that that men in general are taller than women? And they, they were like, no, no. And my whole point was going to be that, you know, in general, men are taller than women. And But then I've got my Aunt Janie, I'm, I'm just barely under six foot, never could quite hit that six foot mark. And and then I got an Aunt Janie that's two inches taller than me. And I was going to point out that specifically she was taller than I was. But generally speaking, I'm taller than, than most women. Mm-hmm. 
but they were just insistent that wasn't true and we had quite a discussion uh, you know we got we went off the beaten path because of that so i was really interested in this i teach reading to uh my co-teachers class um later in the morning so i thought well, i'm going to do this a little more specifically and take a little more look at this and so i have this little deal where you you throw up the, the touchdown symbol you know you're the, the the goal post or you wave incomplete and i and you, i say do you agree or you disagree and if they agree goal post incomplete if they disagree and you can hardly ever get 100% participation in any of that. Well, I go into my co-teacher's class, and I ask the question. I say, if you agree, give me goalpost. If you disagree, give me incomplete. Um, men, grown men, adult men, are generally taller than adult women. And not only did I have... Uh, a proclivity for incomplete yeah. it was a hundred percent and a hundred percent participation everyone in the class waved it off and i'm like and this is fourth grade these classes. are these yeah. are fourth graders now and i you know i've gone through we had the kind of the academic discussion well they're at that age they are about the same height and, sure. and that kind of thing and and i thought of that while i'm in class and i and i had said adult but I was just interested in seeing, and I said, guys, you, you understand I'm talking about adults. And they said, no, no, uh, they are not, they're, yeah. they're the same height. And so what did you say after that? Well, then I said, <laughs> I said, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you guys to close your eyes, and I want you to imagine your mother and your father standing next to each other. And I'm willing to bet that I, with 90% accuracy, I'll bet you out of the 25 in this classroom that 22, 23 of you are going to see my point. Um, which one's taller, dad or mom? And you would have thought I pulled the proverbial chair out from under their face. Their jaws dropped and their eyes look like, wait, we've, we, we have learned to lie. And I think that, I think culturally they, they, the, the drive in, you know, I, and I, I do want to add this. As a teacher, I, I've not been mandated to teach any any equity, give any kind of equity training. I don't have to do that, and I'm as by the district. So I don't. I'm, I'm just saying culturally, yeah, writ no, large, no, it's a, it's writ large, that I think they've been taught this idea of equity. It's run so strong that they couldn't even uh, a simple observation, one that that well, and I bet was you a majority of them are on social media. Uh-huh. Right? They all consume uh-huh. some sort of Hollywood. Oh, yeah. uh, Hollywood uh, production, the TV show or movies. Cartoons on cartoons Saturday morning. Whatever it is, right? Like, it's not. So it, what's wild to me is it's ubiquitous. It's literally 100%, which means it accounts for all of the idiosyncrasies. It accounts for all of the time. Like, it's not like all of them are raised by really equity-minded left you know left leaning po- no, no. politics you know it's like th- this is a, a <laughs> it's more than like a sample group it's it's literally it, it spans across all of your your little cultural divides that normally exist yeah it's a social cultural thing and it and it's it's so permeated that that you know i you know in in, in springfield we have a largely conservative the parents are largely conservative particularly at the school that i teach and and uh uh, yeah, I, it's, I, I it's wonder. Just, it's, it was just to me. It was an interesting story, and 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 I went on to say, I went on to tell them, you know, the truth of the matter is, uh, and this is this is scientific fact. The average American male is somewhere around five nine, five ten, and the average female is somewhere around five 
four five five i said so you're talking about about a five inch difference and i said this should be something observationally you ought to be catching you ought to be picking up this i wasn't trying to throw you with this this yeah. <laughs> conversation yeah. uh I, my point was i have an aunt janie that's two inches taller than me yeah. <laughs> you know that specifically uh sometimes the rules are not the same as the general rule no i and think so uh, no i think that's right and so i i i can't help but think of a few different matters, right? If I think about it academically, sort of with my academic, you know, all the questions I have are, okay, what would happen if you would have asked this question 20 years ago and 40 years ago? And would this question have resulted in the same? Or could we go and ask a different classroom in a different part of town or a different classroom in a different part of the country? Would we find a, find similar sort of, uh, you know, uh, unanimity uh, from a fourth grade class believing in this in this singular very easy to dispute, you know, fact, quote-unquote fact. I mean, I, and, and the fact that they were so fervent, so interesting. And then I put on my, my political cap, and, and I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard conservatives say, so, oh, well, we'll, out, we'll outbreed them, you know, kind of, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, we'll, we're the ones having babies. And it's like, don't we get it? <laughs> We've been having more babies this whole time. And still we become more left. I, still we become more in favor of centralized government. Still we become more in favor of, uh, of this, this new sort of social doctrine of how society ought to be organized. Don't we get it? It's, it's, it's not enough to actually just have children. Uh, there's, there's gotta be something more, more than just procreating. Uh, and, and if, if we continue on as, as if that is enough, Exactly. It's, uh, you know, the institutions, entertainment and academia, and you just run down the line. The left has, has uh, <laughs> gotten a firm grasp over all those institutions. And then culturally, you run up with these, these kind of things. And so it's, it's interesting to me. And I think there's a couple of, uh, yeah. a couple of strange, uh, you know, a couple of bad effects that come out of that. But yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. No, and maybe we can talk about it more. We've got a caller I know. Uh, David, are you there? Uh, yeah, I sure am. And, uh, yeah, it's a shame that Cass is leaving. Uh, who am I going to argue with? I know, right? Uh, well, <laughs> you could argue with me if you'd like. I, I'm actually uh, I'm pretty annoying that way. So, uh. Well, I'm the, I'm the famous Dave in the intro. Uh, yeah. <gasps> Liberal Dave, you did not. Just for me. He called well, it on my last I, day, Don. I know. I love it. So How sweet of you. How are- it's serendipity, and uh, uh, so let's say God sent me. Uh, now, <laughs> the, one thing, the, the one thing that I argued with her about the most was about COVID and COVID deniers, and that the fact of Springfield being one of the deadliest cities in, in Missouri, uh, I, 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 I just hold contempt for people that uh, went out of their way to kill their audience. And the idea that, you know, I heard your uh, uh, guest there talking about uh, trying to teach a poetry class about the height of women. Um, you know, you're, <laughs> you're walking yourself into trouble because if you're going to get into an argument uh, in, an, in an English lit uh, kind of sphere, it, it's tough enough to get kids to read poetry or to think uh, right brain or left brain. 
it, it's very tough to try to even introduce that into a class, but then to, to get it sidetracked in the height of women uh, is... So, I, how many years have you taught, Dave? Uh, never gotten a teacher's credentials. But- okay, okay. Well, I think uh, you found someone to argue with then. Um, what I would say is you maybe missed the point of the story. It was a fourth grade class. He was using an example from their real life to explain the difference between specific and general. As specifically, he has an aunt who's taller than men normally, but generally men are taller than women. I don't think there was any sort of other element. There was any sort of other motive. Uh, the whole story kind of pulled together. It was helping teach fourth graders who are nine, ten years old, whatever the case may be, using real-life examples from their lives so that they could apply to the literature. You don't think that that's a useful tool? Well, that's the whole point of, uh, of teaching. Mm. But, it, again, you're getting into these fake uh, uh, the dogmatists, for example. Uh, do you believe in right brain, left brain, uh, the, the dichotomy? Bishop, I think you got him there. Do you believe in right brain, left brain, or are you just, you know, locked into whatever uh, preacher man tells you and that, uh, you know, God created uh, uh, people, uh, you know, all identical? This is, you know, I, the idea that we've got a, a world uh, of corporate radio that yeah. is going out of its way to trick America into giving up its birthright <laughs> for a bowl of beans, right? So I'm just going to let you guys know we usually have to mute him. No, 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 <laughs> no. I, you know, Dave, David, my, this I'm Robin here, and I and I'm the teacher, and and what I was trying to do is bring something that was patently obvious. I didn't, I didn't honestly. It just was off the top of my head trying to get them to understand that you can make generalities, but you got to be careful with those generalities because when you look at uh, specificity, that sometimes. The rule doesn't apply, and and I agree with you a hundred percent that we are we are not all the same. That we, in fact, that's my big argument with the equity movement is that we are not all the same, and that we bring to the table many different things, and that the things that are the same are those things that are important and that they're, they're essential. And as a teacher, each year I try to build a, a class culture that's built around well, it's built around five elements. Uh, five behavioral elements, which is is being present, uh, it is being on task, it is doing your job, uh, uh, having attitude, having a good attitude, following the norms of the classroom, and and being supportive of the team as a whole. And uh, I think that that's an important important lesson to learn. And if you learn those basic lessons, then you can operate as a, a unit. So thank you so much, though, Dave, for calling in, and uh, hopefully we get a chance to discuss more in the future. I know Cass is leaving, but I'd love to talk with you. You're listening to KWTO Wake Up Spring. Hour brought to you by American Business Systems, helping businesses run right. Just visit AmericanBusinessSystems.com. 41 degrees on a Friday morning, Wake Up Springfield, and we are so pleased to be joined, as we are every morning at this time, by Color 10 and Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Uh, my big coat, it's at the back of my one, maybe two more bouts of winter, though. You think so? <laughs> Before we're, we we're, we're completely yeah, out we're of it. We're not out of the woods yet. No, we, we still are. have March to go. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens. But 
Now, you're listening to KWTO, Wake Up Springfield, not with Alex Bryant, but uh, State Representative Bishop Davidson filling in and Cass Anderson's last day. Thank you for tuning in. If you'd like to call, give us a call at 417-866-0933. We've had a couple calls already. Uh, Liberal Dave, whom I've heard about before, came on last segment. And uh, with my dad, nonetheless, my mom uh, sent us both a text. Uh, what did she say? Here, let me pull it up here. It's kind of funny. She said, how fun for both of you, an actual debate, disagreement on live radio. I love it. Oh, happy day. Love you both. <laughs> well, in, uh, in Liberal Dave, I think Liberal Dave realizes how famous he became because uh, he was on our opening theme of the show for a long time yeah. with his argument with Tim Jones. And I think I think Dave finally realizes that he's like a, he thinks he's a star because yeah, of that, well, right? He was epic. Tim and him used to have these brawls. Oh, yeah. That were intense the, i mean the, nearly not allowed on radio intense well that's uh it's kind of sad because uh it, i'm still not good enough on radio to condense arguments into like the tiny you know the tiny set it's just very hard i, I would have loved to have talked with him longer but i think this one i think uh i think democrats republicans doesn't matter where you vote how you vote if you're listening right now i, I think you could see the point that uh, my dad was making from his classroom yeah. And it was ironic because Dave's whole point was, oh, you know, this doc, this doctrine and dogma and what you're preaching, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, wait a second. There wasn't anything being being preached. This is a biological fact and not in like some complex biological fact. <laughs> like this is a, an, right. a clearly observable biological uh-huh. fact. And if there's any indoctrination that's going on, it's not with my dad's example of the difference between specific and general, those terms. And the heights of men and women, it is in that folks like like liberal Dave and an entire class of fourth graders raised by a variety of political uh, beliefs thought unequivocally that there was no difference between the height of men and women. So the, the kind of irony, I don't know. I, I don't know if it escaped him or not. Would have loved to have talked with him more. Do want to shout out liberal Dave, though. I do appreciate the call. And now I feel like I'm a part of, uh, you know, I'm a part oh, of exactly. the, yeah, the, lore. The, the, the lore, as it were. Tim so. would verbally undress liberal Dave on the air, and then he would say, Dave, we love you. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I <laughs> know, I know. And so, uh, yeah, I get it, to be a part of it It's now. a mutual love. Like, we love to hate each other. Gosh, you know, there you respectfully. go. Respectfully, yeah, there you respectfully. Go. Each other. <laughs> most most of the time. Yes. Although so. sometimes you have to just mute Liberal Dave to get to break. <laughs> well, we're glad he called in on yeah. your last day. Yeah. Liberal I'm Dave so Cass was grinning from ear to ear that you called. Yeah, because yeah, so. he used to always call my birthday. Oh yeah, just to make me happy. There you go. There you go. Well, we do appreciate it. And speaking of Tim, we actually have uh, we have uh, former Speaker Tim Jones up in our next segment. So we yeah. we continue and trudge onward with. The long list of guests. And the long list of guests all end in one place. That's the 845. <laughs> we only have one guest, and that's Cass. That's Cass. Yes, that's I'm the guest. T- titled Cass's Cry. It's Cass's segment. <laughs> it's, Cass. it's all about Cass. <laughs> uh, Cass's Cry, again, if you missed it earlier, is Bishop is... His mission is to make Cass cry in that last... Oh, I'd, 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 I'd live radio. Hold off. I'd live Here's radio. the thing. <laughs> I will not be a stranger to you all. So if you're if you're crying because you're going to miss Cass or crying because of 
the happiness that you don't have to listen to cats anymore. <laughs> Either way. Cry no more. Cry no more. <laughs> because I will be on at least twice a month because we're going to have a Young Republicans check-in segment on the morning show. And that will be Monday mornings at 720. So fear not. I'll be around. There you go. And then also, I may pop in here and there when Alex is gone to guest host. So you're not totally getting rid of me. So cry no more. Yes. There you go. Funny times. Funny yeah. times. We're now a, let's see, our one, two, three, four, five segments into our 14-segment show. We're getting close to the half-point line. Guys, you're listening to KWTO, Wake Up Springfield, not with Alex Bryant today, but Bishop Davidson, uh, Cass Anderson's last day. If you'd like to give her a shout-out, call us at 417 866 Zero nine three three. Tell we've me how got, great I uh, am. We've got her her <laughs> first host. I keep wanting to let this music play longer. We're dancing. Give you your your little music host, your music show, uh, your your music show dream. Guys, you're listening to KWTAO Wake Up Springfield with Alex Bryant. This is Bishop Davidson filling in now, and uh, Cass Anderson's last show, tragically so. But sniff sniff. But we have uh, we have her first host. On the air with us now, former speaker Tim Jones, and actually the the first guy to give me a shot too between you and Tim. First yeah. shot on my on the radio as well for myself. Tim, are you there? Good morning, Representative Bishop. Great to speak with you. And yep, Cass. Good morning and congratulations. And we will miss you. We'll fare thee well, Cass. You really crushed it the last few years. It was great working by your side for that period of time. Aw, thanks, Timmy. I, uh, you know, you're my buddy. I, yeah, it was just a great time. Three years. This, so Bishop, Bishop has promised to try to make me cry the last segment. And I was thinking the whole time, that's not the segment where I'll cry. It's, it's the segment. segment with Tim. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's why she just called you buddy, Tim. Instead of anything what? else, she's trying to keep it all in right now. I'm looking at her face. And after three years, she goes, Hey, buddy. <laughs> Tim, you know you're my bestie pal. Well, let me. I can say something funny now here, Bishop. You just uh, mentioned it. Uh, You mentioned uh, all the hosts that Cass went through. I don't know. Maybe it was a Cass problem. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Went through a lot of guys here on the morning show. I don't know. I'm just saying. That sounds bad. That sounds really bad. Don't you start making the joke that I think you're about to start making. I swear, do not do that. (laughs) Well, I just just didn't want you to break down into a a, a giant bubbling uh, pile of tears. So I thought. Well, look at you! You've but, succeeded. You know, Tim. The three of us had uh, had some good times in those yeah. uh, those couple of years that we worked together, and uh, and really was exciting to see how this show really took off. Uh, you know, we all started around the same time, and mm-hmm. uh, and and really, I think, put together a really good quality show. And uh, and and it was a, a blast working with both of you guys. And we're certainly going to miss Cass, and uh, we know she's going to have a very fun career to follow. Well, it just proves also how much how much connections radio makes and how much how how broad and wide the reach of a station like KWTO is because you know the reason that Cass is able to head off and to the wild blue yonder and uh, pursue this incredible new opportunity for her is you know because of the people that she touched and the stories that she told and uh, you know this next career move for her is very much part and parcel of what I learned was part of her life. You know, I mean, she's going to, she's going to be going and 
helping others through the VTA Foundation to uh, to continue to explore ways to promote and advance, you know, life in this country. What, what's more important than that? And, you know, it was because of the, the stories that Cass told and the things that she lent to the show and the people that she touched that other people got interested in her and, and stole her away. And so, uh, you know, radio, sh- the power of radio should yes. never be underestimated. Absolutely. It's something that I think, I think it's something that I think people thought that by now would have gone away, right? But uh, I think it'll be around forever because it's kind of like Don. Like you know, there's we've got all these we've got millions of choices now with like streaming services with television, but there's still only one way to watch live sports and probably forever. And there's really only one way to listen to live local radio. There's a lot of things you can listen to in the car or at home with podcasts and different and different streaming services for audio. But if you want some connection to your local community uh, or the people, you know, in and around you and feel like, you know, you're not alone, well, that's local radio. And Cass, I think you gave people a, a personal touch uh, that, of course, added to my brilliance and Don's deep knowledge. But, uh, <laughs> you, Cass, you, you added a really, a really intimate personal touch that I think a lot of our listeners, especially our younger listeners, uh, really identified with and really connected with. Well, thank you, Tim. You taught me, you and Don together taught me most of everything I know and gave me opportunities that I was not qualified for, but you allowed me to just learn by doing, and I appreciated that. And you especially, Tim, you took me under your wing. You decided that you saw something in me, and so you said, come along with me to this event and that event, and let me introduce you to this person and that person. Let me take the time to explain all of these things to you so that you can grow and blossom. And, you know, I just owe a lot to both of you guys. Um, And it was some of the best, most cherished years of my life um, in my early career, first job out of college. I will never forget this time, and I am so thankful and grateful for both of you and for this radio station, for the Zimmers. Thank you, Cass. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't have, couldn't have said it better my, myself. And, uh, you know, uh, Bishop, with um, uh, a, a lot of what um, uh, Cass and I and others talked about is, you know, the political and the public policy world. Yeah. And, uh you know, when you listen to Cass and her development over the last three years, she's done a lot of adulting. You know, she grew up and got married and had a child and had a career. And uh, Bishop, you know, you and I, I know get a lot of we get a lot of grief for being heartless, evil Republicans. But you know, you look at Cass's story, and that's a lot of what you and I advocate for, right? Is is, yeah. is individuals pursuing their dreams, and we just want to give them the tools to do that. Let the government get out of the way and let people go. And look at what Cass has done. It's really. There's an example right there of the kind of people that we want to promote every day. No, I love that. I think that's a that's a good way to put it, and uh, and everything she's doing is kind of a, an epitome of that. I always say, if there were no problems in the world, I'd go be some sort of professor teaching movie history or something along those lines. <laughs> but uh, but instead, I've got to watch out because this government's trying to stop people from living lives like Cass's lead led, and uh, and I'm I'm still optimistic. Hopefully we can. Uh, hopefully we can do some good. Hopefully we can limit that government, limit that thing. Hopefully we can allow the space for people to pursue those sorts of opportunities and to pursue those passions, pursue those dreams, pursue that happiness, as they say. So mm-hmm. I think you've. Uh, I think you've done an excellent job, Cass. Uh, but you're also really, really young, and yeah. so I, I'm. I'm actually 
more than retrospective, I'm prospective and looking forward to what uh, what the next decades hold because uh, you've you've certainly been a, a collaborator, a co-worker, and arm in arm, and I've, I'm term limited. Uh, and so there will be a time in which I'm, I may not be relevant to this fight anymore, but I think, uh, I think where you're at and where you're going now is going to keep you very relevant um, for a lot of people for a long time. And I, I'm still very much involved with the Young Republicans. I care a lot about that organization, and I care a lot about kind of redeeming um, that organization because there's just this, been this reputation that, you know, young politicos are all... Yeah, the listeners may not know this, but there's a reputation that young politicos have, that they're all partiers and that they're, you know, just in it for the power. They're power hungry. And I care a lot about making sure that there is a positive space for young people who are passionate about this movement to be involved and to grow and to network and to um, be responsible, respectable, you know, young politicos that are not. You know, just part of the swampiness. So I, I hope very much to continue with that for a while. You know, um, I had um, to that point. Uh, I, I think it is. You know, we often, we often, Cass and I would always debate whether or not the younger generations were lost or not. And, and I think we sometimes argue the same point. Sometimes we'd argue different points uh, depending on the week and depending on the stories in the news. But uh, I had a couple of experiences yesterday that you know gave me hope for the next generation and uh you know cast to your point there young folks need to get involved right and um you know a lot of people i think get caught up in cash you're a good example of that you know you're someone who decided i'm not just going to do one thing and, and maybe you, sometimes you you had the fault i did i do you know you you did too many things maybe at one time but that's better than doing you know nothing and so yeah you had your career but you also got involved in your community and you got involved in the public policy conversations that we're having in the entire state of Missouri. And you got involved in different organizations. And uh, I ran into, um, I had a meeting yesterday, and I had a couple young people there that really impressed me. And Cash, you may, you may run into this young lady at some point because she's kind of in your world. Uh, different organization, but similar to what you're going to be doing. Um, she's, uh, she works for a group called Students for Life, which is a national organization. And her name is Kendall, and she actually was one of the classmates of my daughter. And so now I'm seeing, you know, uh, children my daughter's age who are now becoming young women, young adults, and going off and doing things. And I'm so impressed. I was so impressed with this young lady because she's she's uh, she's kind of put college on hold for now. She 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 tried college out for I think she's a year older than my daughter, so she tried it out for a year or so. Didn't quite work out, and then she joined this. National Organization of Students for Life, and she's got a couple states under her belt that she's representing. I'm like, holy Toledo, that's really amazing. I'm not sure what I was doing when I was 19, 20 years old, but it wasn't that. And then another young man who was at this meeting, is uh, he's, he's, he's working in the world, and young guy, and uh, he's going to run for state representative over in my neck of the woods in Jefferson County. I always find that impressive. And I'm like, okay, it's okay. The, yeah. the younger generations are not completely lost. There is hope for the future. And yeah. I think we have to be careful not to paint too broad of a brush sometimes over whatever we're dealing with, you know, groups of people, generations, whatever it might be. And we got to look for the examples of the individuals within those. And uh, Cashy representative of that and these other folks I was talking about. And Bishop is as well in his own right. And, uh, you know, I think we have to always you know, keep that in mind. And so I would urge people who are listening to us, especially if you're younger people or if you have younger people in your lives, uh, tell them not to get, you know, 
too focused on any one thing. You know, I, I have to only pursue this one career. And, uh, and then you do nothing else. So get, get involved in your community. Uh, get involved in, in organizations, you know, and Cass is a good example of that of someone who just <laughs> jumped yeah. into the pool in the deep end. Yeah, no, I absolutely love it. And I love hearing all your voices on the air together again for Cass Anderson's last day. Guys, you're listening to KWTO Wake Up Springfield with Alex Bryant. This is Bishop Davidson filling in. Good morning and Wake Up Springfield, not with Alex Bryant, but State Representative Bishop Davidson filling in for Alex as well as enjoying Cass's last show with her today. We've got quite a few segments still in front of us, though, and we've got uh, Congressman Eric Burleson on the line now. I think I hear you. Eric, are you there? I'm here. Eric, good it's, morning. it's good to hear from you. Uh, are you back in the district? Or are you serving us in D.C. right now? I'm, I'm in the district. You're in so the district. Awesome. That's great. Awesome. And, well, I, and I'm... Sad to hear that Cass is leaving. I I remember when she started. Yeah, um, yeah. At, at uh, KWTO, and she has done a great job. But I know that she's going on to do something even more awesome. Yeah. No, we're it, really it, excited for it, Vite. Yeah. So I didn't know if that was if that had been announced, but yeah, she's yes. gonna. <laughs> well, what you're doing at Vite is going to be you know, just have an impact on so many. Um, people and lives and um, it, it, you know, it's one of those jobs that the, um, the, the internal satisfaction of what you're doing is, 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 is motivating. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate um, all that I've been able to learn from you and all that you've taken the time to um, teach me and the opportunities you've given me. And um, I'm really excited for this new opportunity because it's something I'm so super passionate about and um you told me yesterday that um it's cool to see kind of how god was working things out years in advance and like laying a pathway that Mm -hmm. none of us could see and you were so right um i i didn't even think i was ever going to be in conservative talk radio but i wouldn't even have the opportunity to work in the pro-life movement had it not been for that and it was all kind of an accident so um yeah it's, it's awesome thank you so much Eric, uh, Eric, we appreciate you calling in with us, and I'm really happy that you get to be back in the district, but I know a lot of us are interested in what's going on in D.C. too, and, uh, and you being our rep and close to the ground, seeing these depositions over Biden and seeing James Biden say that, uh, you know, kind of refute that, that, that he or his brother, can, can you just kind of give us a, an update in terms of, of what's going on out in D.C. regarding James Biden? Yeah, so he came in at a deposition um, Wednesday, and in that deposition, he had a lot of contradictory statements yeah, and or things that contradicted the facts. So one of them is that he says, is you know, that Joe Biden never, he's, he's reiterating the old tired line that Joe Biden did not have any involvement in the family business. Well, to, like, the, what is your definition of involvement? Because to me, meeting, having physical meetings with your brother and son's business clients yeah, and, and call being on the phone, according to Devin Archer, more than 20 times just in his presence alone while the, uh, you know, during, during meetings, um, Joe Biden receiving the inflow of cash from the proceeds of these, <laughs> of yeah. these business relationships. 
if that's not I involved. If that's not involved, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, I think I think yours is not even just a Republican perspective. You know, I think I think if you were to, to redact the names and say, is this a person that's engaged and involved or not? Maybe maybe he's not a, a member of the board formally, or he's not on the uh, the incorporation letter, or whatever the case may be. Maybe he's not on the letterhead. But but what is the sense in Washington? I mean, are things just going to stick to party lines because we're dealing with the president, or is there any sort of like, okay, well, 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 well the the problem is that this guy is not going to he's not going to actually tell us any truth whatsoever on his brother unless he feels that he and and knows that he might be going to prison. And so, and the, and the problem with that is that you need a department of justice who has, who is investigating, who actually wants to get to the truth and, and is investigating based on, you know, late lady justice, not based on their partisan uh, viewpoints because, you know, they would rather prosecute, for example, this, um, this FBI informant for, for some, some other reason and, and, and to punish him and to focus on that and to focus on Donald Trump than to focus on what is clearly in the case of Jim Biden, a violation of the, um, the, the FARA law, the foreign agent um, act and registration act. So you have somebody who is clearly advocating for foreign actors in policy in the United States, whether his brother knew about it or not, it doesn't. It that it doesn't matter to the to the point that Jim Biden and Hunter Biden are absolutely guilty of of acting as foreign agents without registering. Yeah, yeah, no, and I think that's uh, I think that's the driving point. Is is it's not about the formal titles. It's about the it's about the actions at the end of the day. Um, and and it's sad to hear that we're probably not going to get anywhere when it comes well, to James Biden's think, deposition. Yeah, and, and I don't know. I mean, I don't. I have a feeling Hunter will be very similar. I think he'll be tight lipped. Yeah. But the, I think the American people are are starting to see through this. Uh, when you and I think the most compelling story is the Burisma story. I mean, you got the Chinese energy story, which um, which you know, it's that's the one where you have this Chinese interest. And this is what was really remarkable is that James Biden didn't, didn't think that he was involved in that business operation until he, until we showed him a copy of a document where he, he had signed um, that he was part of that business agreement with, with Hunter and others. So, and then he denied that they were connected to the Chinese communist party. Well, Hunter touted the fact that the, that uh, Yi was was the protege of you know President Z. Yeah. So you've got a lot of like, what in the world do you think that you were doing? And when it, and the other thing is like his other defense is well, we didn't ultimately provide them what you know what they were asking. So and so that's a defense. So in other words, you weren't really good at your job, and therefore. <laughs> we should leave you alone. Yeah. 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 No, I think I I think you're right. I think Americans are starting to see you know, this is uh I mean, it, on the one hand, it you you see the corruption. On the other hand, you see 
um, and, and I don't mean this in any sort of pejorative, like literally maybe a dementia patient um, in, in the White House. And so right. on the one hand, you're like, oh, we, we've got to go after this guy. And then on the other hand, you're going, I, I don't I don't know if he would even be able to stand in a court just because of his current condition. Either way, it's devastating when you think about the foreign policy impact and implications. It's devastating when you think about the domestic policy, when you think about him being commander of chief, when you think about uh, when you think about politics in general. I know my dad was talking to me the other day about how uh, in, in the old days of the Soviet Union, they'd have these uh, really old guys come out and these dictators come out and, they, and you'd know they're not the ones who are actually doing the job because they're so old and you could see they were so old. It's not just the age yeah. or the number. It's, it's, it's the fact that they're, uh, they're literally struggling to walk around or they're struggling to move around or, or cognitively be present in a conversation. And these are all indicators that we see in Joe Biden too. And I mm-hmm. think it, I think you get to where you're like, Oh, you know, that's just a, a sorry old man that maybe we can't go after over this. Well, I, I would beg to differ. I think the fact that he's holding public office. And especially not only public office, but the most powerful public office in all the land. Uh, Mm -hmm. You have to hold him to account regardless of where he's at cognitively, regardless of where he's at in his age. Um, There has to be accountability because we're talking about the lives of Americans here. We're talking about millions and millions of people being impacted by his decision. Well, and, and not just Americans. Look at the impact that it's had on the people of Israel or people of Ukraine and that, and that's or it. Afghanistan. Yeah, that's you a know, great point, too. The, the, you, as it's been famously said, Joe Biden has been wrong on every foreign you know, decision his entire career. Yeah. And, and he's not just been wrong as president. He's been, an enti- he's been a complete disaster yeah as president well and uh and i think that that is a good point i mean this this is so far and wide and and i hope that we're able to get to the bottom of this you know with a doj i i can't say that i'm just all that confident i'm happy that there is an investigation going on i'm happy that that republican into hunter yeah yeah in the hunter i don't think that Look, and they, the only reason why they are they're still currently quote unquote investigating hunters because because they were embarrassed by what happened earlier this this last year yeah. where where the the judge said you know pointed out that they were trying to give him immunity for all the other actions that were being that, that Hunter is you know obviously guilty of and uh, and the Department of Justice was embarrassed by it yeah. so they had to reverse course. And uh, hopefully they actually uh, treat Hunter like every other citizen that they that they're prosecuting. Yeah, no, I think that's right. And and then I, I, you know, if we don't have the DOJ acting in good faith, at least we've got uh, we've got folks like you and your colleagues up in D.C. intent on shedding light on this issue. I mean, because yeah. uh, because if if the truth can get out and if we can if we can get around to it even with all the obfuscation that's going on in these depositions even with uh, folks not working or, or cooperating whatsoever uh, I, I think Americans are starting to get a sense and that's because of the diligent work that uh, you and your colleagues are doing in D.C. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, Bishop. Because honestly, you kind of get caught up in it, and you there's times where you get so frustrated that you're not accomplishing the things you're trying to accomplish. And you forget that the, the wins that we've gotten and, and 
really, you know, if, if you think about it, if the Democrats were in charge and we didn't have the House, we would be looking at an entirely new world. Yeah, yeah like, that's right. That's a, a, a scenario. And we, we've been able to, you know, while we don't have the Senate, we can't pass the conservative bills that we want to get passed um, at this point in time, at least for two years, we put a hold on all the crazy liberal stuff that was, right. that was flying through the House. And we were able to um, shed a light through our investigative committees about what the Biden fa- administration is doing. Yeah, no. And that, I mean, some sort of accountability. Uh, it, it's sort of the basics of government and good government, right? Before you debate all the policy, you got to know that you have good actors who are in charge. And so mm-hmm. uh, I think we're starting sort of at step one, square one. And I, I'm optimistic. I look at 24, I look at November 24, and I see a, a, a real clear path to where we can move from just fighting for transparency and accountability in our elected officials to then finally getting to push a, a conservative agenda, which I know you've been eager to do and have not yet really gotten the chance to, to see that come to fruition. But but you're only two years in and we're excited for your reelection. Um, and I, I think uh, I think this next term is going to be a lot better. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I, I I'm excited to see what happens with with folks like you and the Missouri House and the Missouri Senate. I think that um, there's a lot of well, there's it's, I understand people can get frustrated that things are not moving as quickly as they want. But yeah. it's we have to be reminded that we have a you know two thirds Republican majority, yeah. and that it, and that we don't have a Democratic majority. And, and while we're not moving as fast as everyone may want, we are moving in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. And so it is hard to keep optimistic. I always say I'm too young to to not be optimistic though at this point in time. So. Eric Burleson, Congressman, thank you so much for calling in. Thanks for giving us some insight, and we appreciate the work you do in D.C. Thank you, Bishop, and Godspeed, Cass. I know you'll do great things. Thank you so much. Guys, you're listening to KWTO Wake Up Springfield, not with Alex Bryant, but Bishop Davidson filling in, 93.3, a.m. Good morning, and Wake Up Springfield with Alex Bryant. This is Bishop Davidson filling in for Alex on Cass's last day here at the radio and uh, we've got another guest for this segment. I think we've got him on the line. Jay Ashcroft, are you there? Let's see here. I know we've got him on the phone. We've got a little bit of a technical issue. We're going to see if we can get him on. We had a conversation, though, in the last segment with uh, Eric Burleson and have had a pretty good show here so far. And, Cass, do you have his number? Do you need me to send it to you? Okay. Awesome. Um. Oh, he's calling me now, actually. And so we had a pretty good segment, though, with Eric Burleson, Congressman Eric Burleson, talking about uh, Jim Biden, who is sticking to the script at this point in time, that his brother, Joe Biden, was not involved whatsoever in any sort of business dealings. Um, Although, when the pressure heats up, we're not sure, we're not confident that that's going to stick out. We wanted to talk with Jay Ashcroft this segment a little bit about his gubernatorial race, a little bit about uh, his role as Secretary of State. We've had some important happenings uh, in the legislature from a ballot perspective. The big news is the Senate has passed initiative petition reform, a reform bill. Now, honestly, being a member of the the legislature, being a member of the House, there are going to be some changes, I think, that need to be made to that piece of legislation. 
Uh, and I'd be curious to hear what uh, the Secretary of State's perspective is on that. And we're also coming off of the heels of the statewide Lincoln Day, which is a big GOP event that was hosted up in Kansas City this year. And I want to get a little bit of insight of uh, of what Jay thought about that whole event and how it went for him uh, as a gubernatorial candidate, not just a Secretary of State. Of course, there is a relatively crowded field for governor, as there are crowded fields across the way. We've got uh, we've got lots of statewide offices up for election. The only one not up for election is auditor. This happens every uh, every four years, and so. We've got a governor, lieutenant governor, secretary of state, attorney general, and treasurer all up for election, and each of those races are, in fact, contested. Bishop, how many people do you think will file? Do most people file on that first day, or just some wait? Well, yeah. Because it's no, coming up it's, next it's week. It's a good question. So Tuesday's when filing opens, and, of course, I'll have to file for my own election mm-hmm. as well. Uh, and we make a big day out of it. It's a big hoopla. Sure. Um, and so everyone should be filing on the first day. And the reason why is because if you file on the first day, it's randomized. In so terms you can get of, your name on the first, of, yep, first one. And when your name appears. Yep. And if you file afterwards, you, you come after whoever it Makes was sense. that filed on that first day. I think we maybe have sorted through the technical issues. At least we're hoping so. Well, here's what we're going to do. So um, the secretary is not with the staff or anybody that he can call in on a different cell phone because there's a technical difficulty we can't overcome. However, he's on my cell phone right now on speakerphone, and he just wanted to do a quick check in here. So we're going to see if you guys can hear this. Mr. Secretary. Hey, thanks for having me. I am sorry for the trouble. Um, I had to get on today because I had to wish you, Cass, the best. Uh, you are a great person. You will do great things. It's been great to call into the station uh, for for quite a while and have you answer it and know things will be taken care of. I just wanted to wish you the best and just so thankful that you are continuing to move onward and upward in the world. Thank you so much. I um, I appreciate those words, so, especially coming from you. It's what an honor. Um, and yes, it's been amazing to be able to learn so much from your time here on the radio and just to listen to you and your wise words. Well, you're very kind. I'm glad you're going to do far better than being a politician. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know that you could pay me enough to be a politician. I don't know that I'd be a great politician, but I'm excited to work in the pro-life movement and politics adjacent, I like to call it. <laughs> politics adjacent. Yeah, that's good. Jay, she- you go. Well, you know. The best thing about you is you couldn't be paid enough in politics. And we have far too many politicians that seem to make decisions based on campaign donations and and payments. And that's why they say one thing and don't do another. So, uh, unfortunately, as much as you would hate the idea, you're the sort of person we need in politics. (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Bishop, do you have any other questions for the secretary while he's on the cell phone? I, I know, I know. We're, 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 like, we're like three layers deep here. This is pretty fun. It actually is working pretty well. So I know. It's where surprising. there's a will, there's a way. No, I, I wanted to ask you uh, how, how you feel the campaign's going. I know we just came off of Lincoln Day. Uh, I felt like uh, I felt like it was a good day, a lot of presence, um, even after the ice storm, everything that had gone on in Kansas City. That's where the event was hosted this year. Uh, and I wanted to get a little bit of your insight and perspective. You know, I thought I think it's going really well. Um, the more I talk to people about where I've stood on the issues, what I've accomplished, uh, the better reception I get. It was really gratifying to have an independent poll, a poll not done by any campaign or super PAC, where the people realized what I had done for election security, realized the fighting I had done 
to put parents in charge of their kids' education, to make sure that kids were safe at libraries and parents were in charge, to make sure that we weren't selling our foreign land to adversaries like China or really any foreign country that wants to do us harm. So it's it's been gratifying. There's just over five months left. I'm going to continue running hard. I don't know any other way to do it. I travel yeah. every county in the state every year because I believe that I'm a public servant and that I need to be willing to listen to the people of the state to best serve them. I'm excited about candidate filing coming up on Tuesday. For me, that is such an uplifting day because hundreds of people come to my office just about half of them are going to lose, and yet they're willing to put their name on the line. They're willing to give their their, their time, their, their, their effort, and of their money to try to make Missouri better for all Missourians. And that's what government should be about, creating an opportunity for all Missourians to be the best that they can be. And I love being a part of that. No, I, I, I love that, too. That's a good perspective to have on, on, uh, on filing day, which is a, a good long day for us as well, and I'll see you there. I, I did also want to ask, because you, you talked about education a little bit there. You talked about uh, empowering parents, I think enabling teachers. And uh, if I remember correctly, there wasn't a question at the, the, the forum there at that Lincoln Day regarding education, but I know that you were able to, to talk about it a little just because it's something that's near and dear to your heart. Yeah, I, I think the thing to do is, well, A, we're not educating kids well in Missouri. Fewer than 25% of the Missouri 8th graders are proficient in math and reading. I didn't say calculus and Latin. Yeah. I said math and reading. If yeah. we are not teaching our children the fundamentals, reading, writing, and arithmetic, we are altering their trajectory in life and making it substantially harder for them to be successful. That's not what government should be doing. Government should be creating opportunities to, for people to be the best that they can be. We need to take these state dollars and put them in, uh, look, we need to put them in parents' hands. You talk about local government, the most local government there is, is mom and dad, or sometimes just mom or just dad. They know their kids better than any school administrator. They know what their children need, and we need them to be in charge, allowing them to talk directly to teachers who should be the most powerful people at schools because they're the ones actually doing the job of educating. And right now, they're generally some of the least powerful people at the school. We need to flip that dynamic. We need teachers in charge of schools, and we need parents in charge of their kids' education. And just letting the parents decide how that money is spent We'll do it. And, you know, we have legislation right now about potentially going, uh, mandating that schools go to a five day, uh, school work, school week instead of a four day school week by the Missouri legislature. Why don't we just let parents decide? Parents know what is best for their kids. For some kids, maybe it's five days. For other kids, maybe it's four days. Why don't we try to do what's best for the kids and listen to mom and dad who know? No, I think uh, I think what you're saying is music to a lot of folks' ears, a lot of teachers' ears as well. Um, it's a it's a challenging job. I know my dad, as a teacher, has has experienced those challenges, but still has a just an absolute love for his kids and a passion for the profession. And uh, I think enabling teachers, I think empowering parents, putting those two sort of in the driver's seats and the passenger seat, if you will, is going to be the path that it takes. And it's going to be the path that we need to take if we're going to improve education here. Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft and gubernatorial candidate Jay Ashcroft, thank you so much for calling on, persisting, and being on the radio here with us, even though we ran into some technical issues.
Hey, thanks for having me. Always appreciate it. Good luck. Thank you, guys. Hey, you're listening to KWTO, Wake Up Springfield, not with Alex Bryan, but Bishop Davidson, and we've got another segment before the top of the hour. This time, Adam Schwadron, who is running to replace. Good morning and wake up Springfield, not with Alex Bryant, but Bishop Davidson this time, state representative from your Missouri house. Uh, happy to be on with Cass Anderson's last uh, few segments as well. Isn't that sad? Only Aww. five more segments. And we have run into some technical difficulties, which I think is actually perfect in terms of, of it being your last day as a producer. Thank goodness we've got all of the experience and rapport that Cass brings <laughs> because we were able to think on our feet and get something done sure. last time. Adam Schwadron, state representative I serve with and also a candidate for Secretary of State, is on the phone with us. Adam, we're going to see if this works. I've literally got you on a speakerphone with one of the microphones pointing towards your way. Can you hear us? I can hear you. Hopefully you all can hear me out there. We can. We can hear you, and I'm going to adjust this microphone just a little bit to try and improve it. You keep talking to us, Adam, for a second. Well, good morning, uh, Bishop. Yeah, that works. It's an honor to be a part of your last day, Cass. I know you've done an amazing job down there, and I know they are all going to miss you. Well, thank you, Representative. That means a lot. And, um, yeah, I've enjoyed meeting you a few times through Young Republicans events. And um, I think you spoke at our last state board meeting, our last state board Young Republicans meeting. So that was super cool and enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, I think the Young Republicans, it's a great opportunity for people ages 18 to 40 and even beyond. I'm now 43, so I've aged out of being a Young Republican. Uh, but the opportunities, as I spoke at the state board meeting, the people that you meet, you make lifelong friends. And you're doing that. You're also helping elect other people uh, to the office. And you never know. You might be an elected official yourself if that is something you so choose to do. <laughs> I I've, I just told uh, the Secretary of State that um, I don't know that you could pay me enough to become an elected official at this point in my Even life. that it doesn't pay very well, that, that I, probably closes the door. <laughs> I do enjoy helping people who are called to serve, um, helping good people who are called to serve become those positions. I just, I, I am not, I am not cut out for that. <laughs> so, so Adam, you are a, a state representative, right? You're in the Missouri House. The Missouri Senate just passed their initiative petition bill. We've worked on this issue before. You serve on the elections committee that passed the House bills, uh, the IP reform House bills as well. Uh, from day one when I met you, elections has been your passion. And so it honestly doesn't surprise me or, or anyone that you serve with that you're now running for Secretary of State. But from all of that perspective, uh, from a candidate perspective for Secretary of State, which IP obviously is very involved in, initiative petition, that's a big part of the Secretary of State's job, and then also a House member who's trying to impact and influence that policy. What do you think about this last week? Uh, after a 20-hour filibuster, the changes made to our initiative petition bill, uh, what do you think uh, about it getting to the ballot? What do you think about the issue generally, and, uh, and, 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 and how is that impacting your race and mindset when it comes to Secretary of State as well? Well, just like with any other uh, law that we're trying to pass, the sausage-making process is never pretty. Hmm. And uh, uh, the Senate had to go through what they needed to go through. Now it's coming over to us. We will put our stamp on it. And uh, the end product, who knows what we'll see. I, I think back to last year, 
we had this issue done in the House. Uh, the conference committee substitute was passed by us. All that needed to be done was the Senate would take care of it. And they never did get around to it last year. Uh, for me, I think this is something we need to do. Uh, I know you agree with me. Putting public policy in our Constitution is not something that Missouri needs to keep on doing. Public policy belongs in statute, and we need to drive people back to doing statutory initiative petitions instead of Constitution initiative petitions if all they are dealing with is public policy. No, I think that makes sense. And what are the other issues? Because we've been a part of some pretty big elections bills uh, in in our in our first three. Now we're going on four years in the legislature. Um, what are your thoughts from from the perspective of a perspective, Secretary of State? What are your thoughts in terms of of bills that we might be introducing or should be introducing even still to improve our election process? Uh, as far as election bills that have come through the elected officials and elections committee, uh, Peggy McGaw has sponsored an elections bill that has a multitude of things on there. I even got uh, to put a few things in there as well. We are looking at the harassment issue surrounding election judges and election officials. Uh, people are very passionate when it comes to politics, something that you two know very well. Yeah. And so, unfortunately, on Election Day, we are seeing people who are already riled up. And if something doesn't go their way, they're liable to explode on these people who are volunteering their day, essentially, because the pay of an election judge is pretty paltry. And they're spending 14, 15-hour days trying to ensure that we are having our republic continue through the democratic process. Uh, so putting a few protections in state statute there, um, I was able to get my Missouri Election Sovereignty Act added into this bill, which basically declares Missouri's elections ours to run. And any attempt by the federal government to dictate how we run our state elections will be met with resistance. Similar to your Second Amendment Preservation Act, basically telling the federal government to pound sand. Okay, so... So when you travel the state, and I don't know if you're talking with county clerks or whomever it is, are, are, are these sort of the issues that they're concerned with, too, when you talk about harassment, when you talk about you know sovereignty over our elections? Yeah, uh, the County Clerks uh, Association, they passed a resolution asking for us to change the laws on the harassment, protect their workers. They are already having trouble finding people to work these long days on Election Day, and you take... Green County, it's growing just as where I live, St. Charles County. We have over a hundred polling places all across the, the county here. And so trying to find enough people that are willing to do that work, it's typically going to be someone in their seventies or eighties because they have all the time in the world to do that. Uh, people working their normal jobs cannot take that day off to serve as an election judge. So trying to keep who we have, uh, able to do it. Is definitely something that we need to pursue. Yeah, no, I, I think that uh, that makes sense, and uh, hope you've enjoyed making uh, making a statewide bid. Uh, I know you'll be filing on Tuesday, and so there'll be a lot of folks lined up. It's going to be a busy, busy ballot this uh, this August for the primary. Um, what do you think? Uh, what do you think about it so far, and what are steps next? 
Uh, I've had a great time traveling the state. Just last night, I was all the way up in Putnam County, which uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with where Putnam County is, you go one county north and you are in Iowa. So uh had a great time speaking to the people there. Uh, as far as who files, we will start to see that on Tuesday. And then four weeks later, when filing closes, we will know uh, who is on the ballot, who is not. And that is when all of the real races shall begin. Well, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think we all look forward to filing day. Maybe more so we look forward to uh, to to closing day of filing as well. Just to have a sense of uh, who we're running against and what the field looks like. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty, especially for those who are elected. And uh, and we're going to miss you because I know that you can't file for state representative because of this. And, and you've been a, a really solid vote on, on any number of issues, real staunch conservative. And that's been, it's been such a help. Uh, I don't know yet who is running to be your replacement, but I look forward to meeting them. And, uh, and, and they've, they've got big shoes to fill figuratively and literally. <laughs> uh, yeah, hard to fill size 15 shoes. So, there you go. There you go. But thank you so much, uh, Adam Schwadron. Thank you for calling in. Thanks for bearing with us. Cass, thank you again for, for figuring out, uh, <laughs> figuring out how to, how to, how to. Imp- Whilst you guys were speaking on the Jerry rigged phone, uh, Don and I fixed the real phone oh, okay. just in time for the end of Representative Schwadron's segment. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Thanks for bearing with us, Adam. We really, really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, and, and good luck, Cass, in Thank you. Uh, your next pursuit here. I appreciate that. Guys, you are listening to KWTO Wake Up Springfield with Alex Bryant. This is State Representative Bishop Davidson filling in KWTO 93.3, 560 AM. And back in our next segment, we're going to be using the real phone. Yes, really, we will. really <laughs> exciting stuff. <laughs> and we've got State Representative Brad Hudson with a pretty interesting story from the House floor to talk with you about. Uh, But you're going to have to hold on through this break, and we'll see you on the other side of the hour. One. The State Senate Committee is considering a bill that would push school districts back to five-day weeks. About 30% of school districts now have four-day weeks. Senator Doug Beck says his bill would require districts and counties or cities with a population of 30,000 or more to get public approval before going to a four-day week. Two. Well, my top three is that this is my last top three. Today will be my last day on the radio, and I will miss you all so dearly. And I have appreciated every kind word that everybody has said, from Congressman Burleson to Tim Jones to the Secretary of State. Um, they've been so kind, and I will miss you all greatly. Three. We just got word and just saw a tweet. I'm looking at it right now. Lincoln Huff, state senator for Springfield area, is now running for lieutenant governor and joins the field with uh, current House Speaker Dean Plocker and then State Senator Holly Rader as well. It's yet to be seen if there's going to be others jumping in that race, but I would not be surprised if we get someone else. I.O. Silver! Away! Don't ever do that again. Sorry. Good morning and welcome back. We are here on Wake Up Springfield, not with Alex Bryant, but Bishop Davidson, for our last hour here with Cass Anderson as well. And we've got Brad Hudson, a state representative from... Stone County, the gentleman from Stone, down uh, on on the line. Are you there, Brad? I am here. Good morning, Bishop. Thank you for having me on. Good morning. It's uh, it's good to hear from you. Um, and so, so 
I wanted to talk with you a little bit about the last year, uh, or the last week, rather. Uh, there was a there was an interesting episode that had gone on while you were praying on the House floor, and I, I probably have a sense of what your answer is. First of all, why don't you just tell us what happened, and then I've got two questions to ask you. Yeah, so this this was a first for me. I, I've been serving as uh, Missouri House Republican Caucus Chaplain. This is my fourth year in doing that, and and in that role, uh, occasionally, I offer a prayer from the dais before we begin our work for the day. So uh, Monday, as we were beginning, it was actually Monday afternoon. We start session on the afternoons on Mondays, and I was uh, saying a prayer from the dais, and about halfway through the prayer, um, someone started shouting at me. Now, this was kind of um, an eerie feeling, really, because where I was in the dais and the way things echo in the chamber, I didn't know whether it was coming from a member, whether there were several people shouting. Maybe there was a group in the upper gallery that was yelling at me. Um, I, I found out later it was a it was a member of the other party uh, had started shouting at me while I was praying. Uh, and so, yeah, that was that was a first. I, I've never had someone try to interrupt my prayer like that, and certainly not you know a member of the Missouri House while it was going on. Yeah, no, and I think uh, I think you're being a uh, you're being pretty polite for the radio waves. What 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 was being screamed at you, Brad? So I, I couldn't totally understand it at the time, and you you can go back and listen to the audio, and the audio doesn't do it justice because the microphones don't pick up everything that you can hear when you're in that chamber. But basically, I think this individual didn't like the fact that I was a pro Second Amendment. Uh, legislator that was praying for the lives that had been uh, touched by and affected by the senseless violence that had taken place in Kansas City not too long ago. You know how the left is. It seems like any time that something terrible like that happens, they want to cut right straight to gun control and and start talking about how if we pass all these laws, these things wouldn't happen. Well, you and I know that's that's not the case. But uh, uh, it was basically a protest for gun control. Yeah, no, and, and I think uh, I think I think the f bomb was also dropped in, in, in the rants. Um, it was incredibly disruptive of the house. I think sometimes uh, there's folks on the other side of the aisle, colleagues of ours, are just seeking attention. Shoot, folks on our side of the aisle are sometimes just seeking attention. But I know that yeah. especially during the prayer, in the middle of the prayer, in the middle of yeah. a prayer, your prayer, uh, I, I think that was particularly offensive. What was going through your head immediately in the moments that it was happening? Uh, I'm not going to let this person stop me from praying. Uh, I yeah. just, uh, I just kept talking to God. Um, I uh, maybe raised my voice just a little bit. I didn't start shouting, but I wanted to make sure. Uh, you know, I had the microphone right in front of me. I wanted to make sure that everyone could hear the words that I was saying, and I was determined not to allow this person to interrupt the prayer. I, uh, this individual would have probably loved it if I would have stopped what I was saying, and the whole house would have came to a, a halt, and, you know, that would have fed right into this individual's desire for uh, attention at that moment, and I was not going to let that happen. No, I think, uh, I feel like I've seen you before in a high heightened uh, situation like this. And so I think the, the calm, even keeled, cool demeanor was exactly what was needed because we've got lots of folks who go up and pray. Uh, and I think it was just very fortunate that uh, we had you up at the dais with our invocation and our prayer that day. Because uh, yeah, well, it, it, it could have it gone a lot worse and it, it could have made more of a headline, more of a stir. I think keeping the main thing the main thing, eh, it was really good. And, and, and knowing that, you know, a conversation with God, it, it's 
not going to be interrupted by by honestly political shenanigans. I mean, that's that's right. really what was going on at the end of the day. Yeah, and it wasn't just Republicans that noticed that. I've I can't tell you how many people have, uh, you know, maybe just quietly came up to me since then and talked about just just how offensive that was, just uh, how unacceptable that was. Uh, this person didn't didn't score the political points. I think they were trying to score by doing this. Yeah. No. So, well, Brad, we really appreciate it. I, I know we only have a couple more minutes of this segment. But uh, I also know that filing day is coming up, and uh, and tragically, you won't be filing with uh, with me to run in the Missouri State House. But maybe not tragically, you'll be filing for state senate instead. Are you still yeah. determined you'll be there Tuesday? I will be there Tuesday. I will file for State Senate District 33, covers seven counties in southern Missouri. I've been on the campaign trail since September, been campaigning hard, and just excited uh, for the opportunity to continue my service uh, to the folks of southern Missouri in the Senate. Uh, we've got a lot of momentum. A lot of people are excited about our campaign, and I'm looking forward to making it official. How many how many candidates are are there in that race on the uh, on that Republican ballot in August? So right now it looks like there will be at least two of us. Um, you know anything can happen. Filing opens on Tuesday and it lasts for what I think four or five weeks. So there might be, who knows there may be one or two others jump in. But there there are two of us right now that have. Uh, declared for that office. Uh, okay. As I said, I declared back in September, and someone did uh, not not too long ago, maybe a few weeks ago, or earlier this year, and that's where we are right now. Okay. Well, I you know it's always interesting. Filing is always interesting, especially in these contested races, because it's a lottery system, right? To see who gets at the top of the ballot or the bottom ballot probably matters quite a bit less with two candidates. I feel like the distinctions are pretty clear. But you get into some of these busy primaries like we have in our statewides, and I'll be curious to see who ends up drawing what number and where they land on that ballot. Yeah, it's, it's always an exciting day. I'm looking forward to seeing how things go, not just in, in my race, but in other races as well. So it's, it's going to be a big year. I'm, I'm sure a lot of folks are excited to see you there as well. Thank you so much, Brad. Thanks for uh, cluing us in and uh, giving us your insight from the dais during your prayer. Um, and again, very thankful that you're up there. Thank, thankful that you're our chaplain. Good to talk to you. Thank you very much, Bishop. And Cass, I wish you the best. I'm excited about uh, your your work in the pro-life movement and what God has for you in the future. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Guys, you're listening to KWTO Wake Up Springfield, not with Alex Bryant, but Bishop Davidson right now. And we've got just a few more segments left. Good morning and welcome back to Wake Up Springfield. Uh, this is Bishop <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there's some there's some side eye you know going on in the studio. It's not polite to talk with your mouth full. <laughs> uh, Why are you guys doing this? <laughs> now look at his face. His face is red. It's my last day. I can, I can oh my We're having some fun on Cass's last day. We've got, we've got three more segments with Cass Anderson. Thank goodness, only three more segments. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, this is Wake Up Springfield with Alex Bryan, Bishop Davidson filling in. And we've got Landon McCarter on the line. Landon, we're cracking up in studio here. And it's not even that early in the morning. It's not like it's delirium. Are you there with us? I'm here, my friend. How are you guys? We're doing well. We're doing well. Just peachy. Good. Uh, well, sounds like you're having a lot of fun. Weather's turning, so I'm excited, man. I know. I know. I can't wait to get out in the sunshine. I came here Door-knocking weather. Door-knocking weather. Yeah, which brings us... 
you're not just any Landon McCarter. You're that Landon McCarter running for school board. How yes, is the, how's the campaign going? Man, I, I want to be modest and just say that it's going, um, it's going really well. You know, I mean, I, I really feel confident that the community, you know, I've been knocking doors and, and I've been meeting the community. And um, because I ran last year and lost by one half of 1%, which is 254 votes, I think everybody that was rooting for me last year just got a turbo jet on their back. And for the last, you know, several months, people have just been fired up and I can just feel the momentum. It's a lot of fun. I'm having a lot of positive conversations. I really haven't, you know, dealt with really any negativity, honestly, because everybody's just kind of rallying around these teachers and rallying around the kids. And it's just, it's time, you know, people need, uh, these, these schools need our support, need the community to come through. I think that's awesome. And uh, we were just talking about the yard signs we've seen throughout town, and it seems like there's a lot of that enthusiasm. It seems like what you're saying is, is definitely true when it comes to that sign game. That's for sure. We're working hard. I mean, I have literally hundreds of volunteers this year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have a massive uh, army of people that care about the schools and teachers, you know, and so it's been fun. It's been exciting. You know, I think that, you know, this race is just, you know, totally different. You know, whenever – it's just a different race. So it's been going great. I, I'm encouraged. I appreciate guys like you, you know, opening up the airwaves to kind of just, you know, have a rally cry around these teachers and students because we need it and Spring Public School is bad. No, we absolutely do. And I think uh, I think you as an advocate, not just for for students, but for teachers, I know you talk about behavioral issues a lot, obviously an advocate for teachers, given, uh, given your dad's profession, given the fact that you – You've sort of been in this game. You've been there. You've been substitute teaching, which is different from last year, right? Am I am I mistaken in that? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm all in. <laughs> I mean, this is, a, this is a legacy thing for me, Bishop. I mean, my dad was a teacher for 30 years. My mom was a teacher for 30 years or 14 years. Yeah. I went to the McCarter name is all over Kickpoo. We won a state basketball championship. Our, our high school basketball team just got inducted in the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. My sister won two basketball championships. My son is getting ready to go to Kickapoo, and I'm going to have a son in Cherokee, and I'm going to have a daughter in, in Disney. Yeah. And so as a father, um, you know, regardless of my skills of what I think I can bring to the leadership of the board, I just care deeply about SPS. It means the world to me whenever, you know, I went to the Kickapoo basketball game several weeks ago, and we won by one point against Glendale, and I almost cried, not because I cared about the victory, but because it reminded me of some of the best times of my life, which was kickapoo, you know. And unfortunately, when you kind of pull the parents and you pull the, you know, the, the teachers that are leaving, they just feel like it's not the same, the same school as it, as it once was. And I'm not sure what's tying their hands, but I've got to get in there and do everything I can to just get the behavior uh, under control, the, the, keep the classroom safe, support the teachers, let the teachers get back to teaching and not behavior management and figuring out how to be the PBIS expert and the psychologist in the classroom and yeah. also the mom and daddy and the police officer and everything else in between. So that's my heart in the whole matter. No, I think that makes sense, and uh, and we appreciate your heart, which is why we bring you on the on air so often. And uh, I think it's an important message for a lot of people to hear, and I think uh, I think it's obviously resonating as well. I'll actually it be is. at a Kickapoo here shortly. I'm I'm going uh, later this morning to talk with uh, government students at Kickapoo High School. So, so I I'll, I'll I'll make sure to say that you said hi. Please do and and check out check out my if you go down by the gym you'll see our you know our championship team on the wall. Absolutely. You know and that, every time I go I just get so excited because my sister also she's 19 years older than me. 
she's also on the wall twice next to me. You know, I mean, this is this this stuff matters. You know, that's why closing schools and communities matter. Like, it's not just a, only about the numbers. You know, it's these are the heart and blood of these of these communities. And you know, I just I really, 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 really care, and I want to be doing everything I can to lift up and support the schools that did my my father so well, me so well my kids so well and so that's that's what i'm doing here man yeah and so we've got our caucuses next saturday march 2nd but then after that i mean it is a it is a full-blown sprint everyone's attention will be oriented towards that municipal election which is april 2nd i mean exactly a month away what is that uh what does that sprint look like for you and uh and all the folks who are out there helping you right now well, I'm going to have to get a new pair of hokas because I've already ran through the soles of my, you know, existing ones, just door knocking and meeting people and shaking hands. And, um, you know, it's just so important that you understand and get a, a beat on what the community is asking for. And door knocking is, is a great way to not only, you know, listen to what the community cares about, um, but also just get out there and just drum up some excitement. You know, unfortunately, the voter turnout is so low on these municipal elections that, you know, that's the, the big goal. And, and one of the things that I want to remind your listeners of that I hear every day almost is if you live in the Springfield Public School District but outside of the city, you can vote. Yeah. Very few people understand that. They don't understand that they, they live outside of city limits so they can't vote for, like, city council. But on the school board, you can vote. If you live outside of the city, and inside the Springfield Public School District, that is the voting block. And there is hundreds or even thousands of people that don't even know that. Yeah, no, I think that is an important thing to remember. Uh, just because uh, because that district does go out pretty far beyond the, the, the city limits, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Correct, correct. Yeah. It really, people, people just, they, they realize they can't vote on some things, and they think the school board is just one of those elections. Well, that's not true. You know, that's a big goal of mine is to educate individuals that they can vote. Their voice does matter. Do you happen to remember what the turnout was last year? Um, I think it was like 14%, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. So it you, could be off. So you it guys was, had generated maybe more interest, uh, more interest, a little bit more turnout anyways. I bet you this year is going to be a, a, a four municipal elections, I should say. There's a big asterisk there. But for municipal elections, I imagine you're going to generate a lot of support, a lot of voters for the first time. Uh, which has yeah. always been exciting for me in elections, just seeing folks who get excited enough by a candidate and about a candidate and about an issue or a cause that they actually yeah. go out to vote. People care uh, a lot. You know, I think that um, I think that we've had enough circumstances that dictate people to kind of start to pay attention a little bit more. And so, you know, it just breaks my heart whenever I was meeting with one of my good friends that went to Glendale years I did. In fact, he was the valedictorian of, of Glendale. He's a friend of mine. Uh, he's a year younger than me. And he was telling me that he's got like a group of like 12 Glendale guys and families that he still hangs out with. And between those 12 families, there's like literally like 30 kids. And they all are out of SPS. Like all of them go to either Catholic or New Covenant or they took them to a rare, uh, another district. And that just breaks my heart. Like, you know, when me and my friend were you know, having fun, you know, hanging out, but also, you know, frenemies because he was a Glendale and I was a Kickapoo. I mean, you know, those were some of the most fun times of my life, man, you know, and, and the fact that parents feel that there's so many lines that have been crossed lately, um, just from the behavior standpoint and, and all of that, that they just pull their kids out of our schools. Well, that's unacceptable. And, and we've got to get back to where Spring Public Schools is the, the choice, you know, school to be at. That's my goal is to try and 
you know, untie the teacher's hands, honestly, to get control of the behavior and the safety and the, you know, honestly, the pure violence sometimes that's happening. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the, the numbers are in, man. This whole PBIS push over the last year, um, it's, it's just not working in the way that we're implementing it. We need to get bigger teeth uh, for consequences. We cannot allow um, the few to dictate the learning experience for the many and, and, and also put that burden on the teachers. It's impossible to teach that way, Bishop. Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, uh, and fortunately, I don't have to get into the, the, the gritty details or the weeds of it. I think, uh, I think we trust you. I'd like to see you in that position. And so hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get you across the line. It's going to take a lot of support, a lot of help, a lot of help from our listeners here. You got to remember, if you're in the Springfield School District, but outside of city limits, it doesn't matter. Go pull a ballot. Go vote for Landon McCarter on April second. Landon, thank you so much for being on with us again on the radio here, and uh, good luck enjoying the weather this weekend as you go out and door knock some more. Absentee ballots also started uh, Monday, so. If you're gone, absentee ballots as well. So thanks for having me, Bishop. Thank you. Thank you so much. Guys, you're listening to KWTO. Wake up Springfield, not with Alex Bryant, but Bishop Davidson. We'll be right back with our last uh, guest in studio, Melanie Stinnett, state representative. Producer Matthew Frizzell. Not actually. She's already replaced herself. I know. I know. I I did that to myself, too. I know. Could have had one more day. So, uh, good morning. Wake up, Springfield. This is Bishop Davidson filling in for Alex Bryant with two more segments left with Cass before her radio career. I don't know if your radio career is going to come to an end, but uh, at least your radio stint. How about that? Your your first career in radio will come to an end. (laughs) And we are joined by a mutual friend as well from the legislature in studio, Melanie Stinnett. Hey, Mel. Good morning. Good morning. Happy to be here. You came here specifically for cast because you could have called in. That's right. We've had all these other call-ins the whole day. But I was committed. But you were committed. How nice. Yes. Real friend. I had to get a last hug in the studio. Last in-hug studio. Yes. In, in studio in hug. hug. <laughs> Son of a gun. I, I couldn't think of a better last all... guest for cast to produce. Yeah. Hey. Well, that's Melody. a good point. Thanks, Don. Aww. Yeah. You're, 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 you're making history today, Mel. Yeah. I, I, I have the last segment uh, marked down in my phone, like when I sent it out as Cass's cry. <laughs> so the goal, if you'd like <laughs> to stay in, in studio to help me get there, uh, <laughs> the yes, goal is to get her, well, get her well, to I cry. Well, I start. I mean, Cass was... You know, if Cass's hey. cry blends into this segment, that wouldn't be It'd bad be either. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, I mean, Melanie, give it the best. Cass, the more the Cass, better. Cass was a significant part of my uh, first ever campaign, my only campaign. And, you know, she didn't have to help out. She could have chosen any candidates to help out, but she picked me. And, and we spent a lot of time together on the doors. We spent a lot of time just talking through life. I mean, you know, you get, you make good friends, as you know, Bishop, in, in this type of career and and so Cass has a special place in my heart and always will oh melody you've become one of my very best friends seriously think of all the people that mean so much to me that have been on this morning bishop thank you for that by the way tim eric melanie you everybody oh, i've just been so happy <laughs> Yay, Cass. Yay, Cass. Yay, Cass. <laughs> <laughs> we even had a little bit of a a little bit of a, a like a flute like in a, a little technical flute. Yeah, so she to, even even had to do you know do the producing job and deal with she I was know, awesome. It was I awesome. had to produce. Yeah, my it was last fantastic. Day. So yeah, that's so. awesome, Melanie. 
all the love to you. Oh, yeah. I just love you so much. Well, thank you. I mean, it, it really, there, there were conversations that we had during the campaign and, and ways that you helped me. Even, you know, Cass is quite a bit younger than me, but been involved went, in like two years two and years. yeah it's something like that <laughs> just a couple. um but been involved in politics for for quite a while and really cares about the issues and and is interested in having conversations and deep conversations about the issues so you know we've sat across a lunch table together at, at different restaurants and and just talked through things and and i appreciate that a lot i, mean, I think that's what makes um you know me better what what makes you better because we're willing to do that and so yeah. Yeah, Cass is a special person. I think a uh, big hole here at the studio uh, for a little while, but uh, excited for you. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, and your your new journey. One of the things I've appreciated most about this job is getting to meet so many wise people who have been willing to take me under their wing and to teach me things and to help me grow. Um, you all are those people. Um I mean, I literally did not know anything when I started here. And everybody that I met was just excited to um, to to teach me and help me, you know, become a better person, become a better politico. Um, and so I wouldn't have the opportunity I have to work in the pro-life movement now had it not been for people like you guys. And you uh, I have to mention a funny story. Oh, no. Because you mentioned all of our lunch dates. Oh, no. So one thing about Melanie that I think is hilarious oh, is no. she has the palate of a four-year-old. I do, yeah. unfortunately. So <laughs> every lunch we ever have had, she orders one of three things. Chicken mm. strips, cheese pizza, uh, love them all. pepperoni. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, you get pepperonis. I, I think that bumps me up to like an 11-year-old. but Or a hamburger <laughs> with nothing on it. It's like bread and meat. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And I just think that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to buy Out something it, for me. on the airwaves. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm easy to buy lunch for. There yeah, you go. <laughs> there you go. Can we get the kids menu over here, please? <laughs> yeah, seriously. I think you've ordered off the kids menu before. <laughs> I'm sure I have. It's cheaper. <laughs> so it's cheaper and it's exactly what I want. <laughs> Why don't we try the fruit today? I don't like fruit. <laughs> I want cheese and carbs. Applesauce. I mean, exactly. that's fruit. Can we get yeah. cinnamon applesauce? <laughs> oh, brother. No. Well, and that was, uh, it's funny to think about, but that was two years ago already almost uh, it's wild I mean, how quickly it so goes here we are yeah people tell you when you decide to run for office how quickly it goes it's kind of like being a parent Cass you know people are like oh you know savor the moments because yeah. it goes really quickly and it's true for uh, politics too I think I mean I can't yeah. believe it's time to file again yeah no I know I'm I'm halfway through we've got filing on Tuesday no primary opponent for me at this point that I know of we never shall know. see. You never know. You until, literally until never know closes. until the end of filing. You don't have a, an opponent on the, the primary race, do you? Not to my knowledge. Not to your knowledge? No. Okay. Well, there you no. go. There yeah. you go. I guess we'll see. Are you excited about filing? How do you feel? I'm trying to remember how I felt uh, refiling versus filing, right? Re-election. Filing for re-election versus filing for election. I'm excited to meet all the new candidates. Yeah. You know, I remember what that was like for me, and I'm excited mm -hmm. to see their excitement. Maybe it'll like 
boost me a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, you're, <laughs> in the middle of session, you were just saying how you were excited by Landon, just hearing yes. him talk on the last segment. Absolutely. And door knocking weather is upon us mm-hmm. as well, and so that's good. Although you being more of a general election candidate, right? You know, I you really have those primary election candidates where the general is an easier race, or you have the general election candidates where oftentimes you're able to avoid a primary because you're preparing for the big the big battle. True. Weather probably isn't always as cooperative. You're probably used to a few more cold days, a few more drizzly days. A, a few more. Last year treated us very well, though. Yeah. I mean, we, we had a really good year for, for our door knocking, and, and yeah, I was really excited listening to Landon. I enjoy door knocking a lot. Yeah. I, I like meeting new people. I like having the conversations. Mm-hmm. And I work out. <laughs> it is a good workout. It informed me uh, a lot to what what issues people cared about. So I'm curious. I want to get on the doors and yeah. hear what people care about this well, year. And you've been working on those issues. I know you've got a bill coming up, hopefully on the floor here pretty soon. Yeah, healthcare uh, topic. Yes, your, mm-hmm. your, your pre-auth bill. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think... All of the health authorization prior prior authorization prior yeah, authorization. Let me, let me make sure. Yeah, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds with it. I mean, we were talking, you know, off air. It is kind of a, a complex topic, but I think ultimately all of the healthcare issues that I work on are, are trying to get um, decisions made between the the physician and the and the patient and access more quickly. You yeah. know, I think prior authorization puts a barrier between that uh, puts time between when the physician and the patient make that decision and when that can be implemented and sometimes that's to the detriment of the patient yeah so uh, just considering things like that and, and all of the healthcare topics healthcare reform uh, the committee I vice chairs it's a hopping committee yeah we have a lot of bills yeah so uh, always critically thinking through those yeah. healthcare issues for the state no I think uh, and that that's a, it's a good way of putting it it is a, it is a dense topic but that is kind of the point right yeah <laughs> kind of the reason that we send folks who uh who can navigate that density navigate those issues and then navigate them in a way that we're we're trustful of that we're confident in and so i you know i, I think uh i think your voters sent you to to kind of take on the topic that maybe well i'll speak for myself that i don't understand all all too well um but to do so in a way that's going to be best for patients best for yeah. constituents best for our system and best for a society in which healthcare has just become so, so big of a problem. It's uh, very burdensome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, to the everyday person, yeah. to have to go through healthcare decisions, and it shouldn't be burdensome. Mm-hmm. We should be able to access healthcare uh, in a way that takes care of our needs. Yeah. And so that's the focus. And you're right. I, I think last last cycle when I was running for office. Uh, some people thought it was a unique choice for me to kind of put that on the top of all of my um, palm cards and all, mm-hmm. all of that type of thing. But I think for Springfield, it's an important issue. We have a big yeah. shelter sector of our economy that's driven by healthcare, and that's yeah. not just our big healthcare systems. That's private business and healthcare too, yeah. surround in Springfield and surrounding Springfield. So it's an important topic for a lot of people. What is a what is another topic as you've been in office and looking forward to this next election cycle what do you think sort of point two or three on that palm card becomes uh just reflecting on your last year and and kind of getting into different policy fronts you know i I think one thing that wasn't on my palm card last year but that came up constantly on the doors and i think it will again is crime yeah we have to uh be talking to our law enforcement Mm -hmm. and, and 
finding real solutions for uh, crime and the things that are happening in our communities in that realm. And as you, you know, said about healthcare, um, law enforcement is not my, my expertise. So I, I lean on some other individuals in our caucus to kind of help create and craft some of those things. But as I have the conversations with people locally, I can bring ideas back to the legislature yeah. to talk about. Yeah. But, but I imagine that'll be a, a top one again. Yeah. Well, and it, it is sort of consistent. I mean, even when you talk about land and McCarter's, um, issues with student behavior, right? I mean, mm-hmm. aren't these things all sort of connected and, and kind of coming from the same place? I feel like there's a yeah. corollary between behavioral issues in a school district and then, of course, crime issues in a broader community. Yeah, I think I think you have to be right on that. It's it's a challenge that we, we have to face from every angle, and I think prevention mm-hmm. and dealing with issues surrounding our children is top priority for many things. Yeah, yeah. Melanie Stinnett, state representative, filing for her first re-election on Tuesday, is with us right now talking health care, talking crime, talking issues that are important to you, that she knows are important to you because she's been out there knocking on doors, getting to know you, which I think is the best way to do it. And also a very good close friend of Cass Anderson, who is in her last segment after this quick break. Melanie, you're free to stay in the studio with us. We're happy you joined us. Thank Guys, you. listen in. We literally have less than 15 minutes. You know what I have to do now, right? <laughs> what? I have to play the morning dump sounder one last time. Okay. Oh, wait. <laughs> I love- <laughs> good thing that good, good thing you're leaving. You don't know how to press the button. <laughs> it's time for the morning dump. That's one of those toilets with a delayed flush. <laughs> oh man. I think we've got Flushing someone else Cassidy. someone else joining us on air, right? Yes. Okay, hey so wait a second. First of all, wake up Springfield, Alex Bryant, this is Bishop Davidson. Let's do all the obligatory stuff. Last segment with Caspone. We've got Melanie Stinnett in the studio. We've got Darren Chapel, who is on the line right now. Uh, Darren, Melanie and I were talking and she came up with kind of a cool nickname, Darren the Baron. And then I came up with a cute one. Uh, I think we might call you Dare Bear. Aww. Yeah, we're, 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 we're not doing that. (laughs) Dare Bear. Dare Bear. See, that's, that's how that, that's how that kind of stuff gets started. Always on the radio. It always starts on the radio. I am going to call you Dare Bear every time I see you. Good thing she's going off air, right, Darren? That's exactly right. Yeah, I, I, I call, I called to say how much I've appreciated Cass, and now I'm reevaluating all of that. Hey, I didn't start this. She didn't. She was not a part of this. Let me absolve Cass real quick. I'm sorry, Darren. It was mainly Melanie. (laughs) (laughs) And then I I ran up with, I ran with it. Uh, No, we do appreciate you calling. I think this is kind of a nice, uh, nice little reunion at the end of the set, at the end of the show for Cass. And so, well, you know, um, one other button you need to push real quick, Cass is, Cass is right. (gasps) Yours? Oh my goodness. Cass is so right. Yes, yeah. she is. We need to get people you know, working as hard as cast does for the Republicans. Oh, there you go, all the cast buttons. There you go. Well, you know, Cass, uh, in, in reality, I think you've been fantastic for the, for the show and for the station, but you've been fantastic for the efforts of the Republican Party, the young Republicans. It's, it's absolutely imperative that we have young people learning about politics so that they'll be ready because, 
you know, we're because of term limits, we all have a temporary uh, impact in in the House and Senate and whatever else it is that we go after. And the reality of it is, we're always needing that next generation to be ready when the time is theirs to be called upon. And you've been just an integral part of that. And and I, I appreciate you so much. And uh, you've been nothing but kind uh, to me and to everybody that I've ever seen. And uh, I just, I just, we're going to miss you. That's all there is to it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. You have been, you know how I, so y'all might not know this, but when I need advice, there's like a set of four people I always call. And one of those people is uh, State Representative Darren Chapel, And I call him and I address him as sensei because he is my sensei. And when I need help and advice, Melanie, sensei, Tim, and Eric Burleson are like my four calls. They're the people that help me, you know, be wiser about my actions and help me think through what I am going to say or do before I say or do it. So I've appreciated your advice. I've appreciated you um, just teaching me what you know and being so kind. So thank you so much. Well, we've got our little mutual admiration society going on, yeah, but we are, we are. That's very, that's very kind of you to say. Um, but you know, good luck in what you're doing and I know you're going to be great. And, uh, the good news is we're still going to get to keep up with you on Facebook and everything else, but you need to still come see us. Okay. I will. I actually am going to get to be in Jeff city quite a bit, um, with my work at the Vitae foundation and so I will make sure to stop by and say hello to everybody. And then I'm still going to be involved with Young Republicans. So I'll see everybody at all the political events, and it'll be great. Okay. All right. Well, thanks again. You guys are doing a great job today. We'll holler at you later. Thanks, thanks Darren. Darren. Thank you. Thank you so right, much. See we have got just a couple minutes left, Cass. Is there anything that you'd like to say? Oh, man. Any prepared remarks? I don't have any prepared remarks. Speech, speech. I feel like I've given my prepared remarks throughout Mm -hmm. the whole morning. um, I was going to save it all to the end, but I've been able to talk quite a bit. Good, yeah. um, I just want to say some of my favorite moments from the last three and a half years uh, was, you know, the time I got to interview Charlie Kirk one-on-one in person. That was exciting. That was my first big interview. Um, What about the phone interview with Charlie Kirk? Let's not discuss I'm the sorry. phone interview with Charlie Kirk. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry, Cass. I couldn't resist that. Um, Ted Cruz, when I got to be the one to interview Ted Cruz, that was cool. I was like, whoa, how did I end up in this position? Because you would think it would have been, you know, Tim, Alex, uh, Elijah, somebody, and somehow I got lucky and I got to interview him. And that was very nerve wracking, but very exciting. Um, my the most influential moment of my entire three and a half years, the most influential interview I ever did was with Sarah Forhetz. She yeah, you look up to her a lot. I look up to her a lot, a lot. I hope she's listening. She's probably not, but Sarah Forhetz, you actually were very integral in my decision making um, on putting away this season of my life and deciding to take up the first and most important role that I have, which is to um, raise little Finley Grace and whatever other little kiddos come along and to be a good wife and mother. Mm. And so had it not been for that interview and that conversation, I don't think I would have had the courage to leave something that I love so much because I really do. I love radio, but I know 
that the Lord is calling me onto something different. And I know that he put me in the role of being a mother. And I know that he equipped me to be able to be effective in the pro-life movement and those doors that he opened and the, um, just the set of scenario and circumstances and timelines that he put forth, um, to make this all possible, uh, is unmistakable. And so Sarah four huts, this is my public. Thank you Ah. to, uh, that's encouraging cute. me and giving me that That's, courage i just want to that. quickly say um we are so pleased i know i speak for carla our general manager and uh, john and don zimmer the whole zimmer family that that you chose us to start your career uh we hope you've learned a thing or two since you've been here and we're just so excited that uh that you and the bright future you have ahead of you that you started right here with us here at zimmer thank you so much yeah, yeah. first job out of college best way to start my career ever um the biggest thank yous i have are to you don luzader i wouldn't have made it this far had you not given me that pep talk (laughs) when i was what 20 years old in 2020 i was crying at my desk in a corner thinking i wasn't going to be able to do this and don sat me down and he said kid you've got it in you did i say kid (laughs) you said kid anytime we have a serious discussion you call me kid and you give me a hug and I am still here three and a half years later. So thank well, you. Thank you, Cass. And here's a card. Uh, oh, oh, thank you. Yes. Wow. Well, well, we are coming up less than a minute. Yeah. I'm no. going to press my outro what, music button it, for the last 158, time. Is it 158, what, 20? 58, 20. 58, 20. Well, Cass, I, it's been an honor getting to be here. This wasn't the plan, but uh, to get to be here for your last segment. And uh, and it's, it's only partly sad because there's just so much exciting things in the future. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've been always very, very pro, pro Tyler. I've been pro marriage. I've been yeah. pro baby. I've been pro <laughs> what I think are the most important things in life and what I think the reason we do this yeah. are for. And so just keep that in mind that you're living the reason that, that I go to Jeff City. You're living the reason that we talk on the radio. Thank and, you. Well uh, said. Really appreciate you being here. Yeah. So, all sal- right. Salutations. Signing off one last time. We'll miss you. Cass Bowen Anderson, Wake Up Springfield. <laughs>